we are. Try this again. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> All the technical problems. Uh, the microphone wasn't working. What I got working, thankfully. <clears throat> now we can try this again. How's it going, folks? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are. All right, so I have no idea what happened there. I wasn't messing with any of the settings. I didn't touch any of the settings. I guess my stupid computer didn't update or something, or I don't know. But anyways, it messed up the, the settings for the microphone, and it disabled the microphone. So, here we are. So, let's try this again. Uh, unfortunately, I had to shut down the, uh, delete the previous attempted live stream, um, as it was corrupted, so I had to restart it here. So, I hope that doesn't cause too many issues, but we're up, we're going, so here we are. Um, Alright, so. With that, wonderful start to the day. Um, we're just going to continue on. That's just how it is. We can't let things stop us. We can't let issues and problems and frustrations stop us from doing what's important. Slow down if you must, but never quit. And with that, especially when we bring it to a spiritual sense, to the religious sense, um, we must take a look at what the Word of God says about, about care not, worry not, fear not, fret not, be anxious for nothing. That all of these things that come are challenges. And uh, we must understand that uh, a, from a biblical standpoint, a challenge for a Christian is, is not... The challenge is not for us to learn how to fix the problem. Our challenge is to trust God that He will. He's the one that will give us the wisdom and the knowledge on how to fix the issues. But uh, we're not the ones with the knowledge and the power and the wisdom. It's not our abilities. We're not the ones that, that are victorious in the challenge. He is. So we must learn to hand him the challenge and the problem and not try to take it on ourselves. We get frustrated and we're trying to take the challenge on ourselves. God is the one that does it. You see, I'm not technical at all <laughs> uh, that's that's my wife she is an absolute genius she builds computers she builds websites i don't know how she does that it just it makes my head spin uh, just looking at the stuff she's trying to do and her fingers are flying in the folders and all the stuff's just going i don't know how she does it she is an absolute genius She's our IT department. She's an absolute genius when it comes to this stuff. She, uh, she's a musician. She plays multiple different instruments. And she's a computer genius. And she's an artist and a painter and a drawer. I, she's so smart and I'm so dumb. But, uh, <laughs> but see, see, even in this, uh, she's not here right now. The computer was there. I had no idea what to do. I have the foggiest clue what to do, how to fix the microphone. When she's not here, I'm hopeless. So I, I'm just kind of, Lord, I don't know what to do. And it, it, it just kind of like, well, click this, click that. And just and it started working. Where did the knowledge, where did the wisdom come from? That's the Lord. You see, we can get all panicked and frustrated when we think that we have to settle it. We have to figure it. We have to uh, uh, defeat it. We have to... Uh, achieve the outcome 
but you can relax. The Lord knows everything. He sees everything, knows everything about everything. He knows how to fix everything. He knows how to solve everything. He knows how to provide for everything. So why worry? Why panic? Why worry? Why panic? This is not my broadcast. This is his. Where we sit down with his word, discuss his wisdom. So the onus is on him to get it fixed. So I'm not the one that needs to worry. So he gave the wisdom and he showed what to do, how to get this up and go and get this settled. So even in this, a simple illustration. Learning how to depend upon the Lord. Learning how to trust him in all things. So with that... We got a bunch of stuff we're going to be talking about today. And first off, uh, I wish I had a little uh, animation for the screen, you know, of confetti or something. But uh, I was just looking at uh, the statistics for our YouTube channel. We just uh, reached over 2,400 subscribers. We are at 2,408 subscribers here in Christian Coffee Time. And I'm just ecstatic. That is just amazing. Uh, Seeing where uh, this ministry, this channel has come from and uh, how the Lord is blessing it and it's just it's taken off. So thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for, for all of your advice and fellowship and friendship, your prayers, your financial support. Uh, just to be able to keep this up and going. We're at uh, 2408 uh, subscribers. So that is awesome. So praise the Lord. Give him all the praise. So all God's children said amen. So keep praying that this channel will grow. It would be amazing could you imagine if we got over a million a million subscribers that were to sit in and just study the bible just to sit sit in study the bible this that would be awesome could you imagine but even in this tiny little channel this tiny little ministry this tiny little work that has such an impact we've reached the world just fyi christian coffee time has reached the world folks I mean the whole world, uh, by video and podcasts, uh, uh, both, but we take a look at the analytics, we have reached the entire planet, that Christian coffee time is in, it, it has reached into Russia, has reached into China, has reached into it, all the corners, all across the world, we have members and subscribers and listeners all across the world, this tiny little ministry, is, uh, is spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ around the entire world. So praise the Lord in that. It is absolutely amazing. I'm just ecstatic on that. So please keep praying. Please uh, uh, just uh, keep uh, working hard, serving the Lord. And again, folks, thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your support and fellowship and friendship. It means so much. And especially to our financial supporters, those of you who actually... Uh, 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 give of your own to help with this work god bless you mightily and, and powerfully it just it means so much to see so many people who want to assist this and be a part of this so again thank you so much give yourself a pat on the back and let's all praise the lord um yeah i'm just really happy right now just seeing seeing this how it just works because there were a lot of fears and doubts when when uh the first got this ministry started but the lord just kept telling me over and over again it's it's on him it's all on him not on me what my 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 responsibility all that i'm required to do is just sit here and just read the bible 
He's the one that grows. He's the one that draws. He's the one that convicts. He's the one that works. All I am is a voice. I'm a voice in the wind. That's all I am. And he is the power. He is the success, not me. Has nothing to do with me. So give him the praise. All right. So here we go. Um, okay, so again, folks, uh, sorry for the issue, the previous issue, but we'll, we take that as a as a learning, uh, as a lesson, uh, as a le learning ability. There is to see how how the Lord works in that, even the little things like this, because kind of like what I was going to be talking about today, how the Lord is the wisdom, the Lord is the focus, not me. It's it's all of the heart. It's all of the 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 belief of faith, the trusting in Him that He will put everything together. He's the one that brings the water from the rock. That Moses was not the one that provided the water. God was. God is the one that provides the abilities. And God gives and God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. All right. Okay, so you can hear me now. That's awesome. Well, maybe. My voice can be grating on certain people. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's, let's go up here. I got a few things on the board here. Uh, that I want to talk about uh, today, and we've got a bunch of comments here. So again, folks, first come, first serve in the comments. So if there's anything you'd like to talk about, comments, questions, issues, insights, criticism, discussion topics, whatever, go ahead, fire away. I'd be glad to hear from you. Um, also, FYI, just letting you know, um, not next week, but the following week, from May 27, from May 27 to June 10, I'm not going to be here. Um, again, it's our, it's me and my family's annual getaway where uh, we get together. Our, our whole family kind of gathers together and we go off uh, on a, a family, a uh, little uh, short family trip. So, uh, so from May 27 to June 10, I'm going to be gone. There will be no broadcasts from May 27 to June 10. So what I would recommend is put that on your calendar for, for that time and go through the playlists. Okay? Go through the playlists, especially the playlist according to the Bible. Check out that playlist. Go through there. If there's videos you haven't seen before, check those out. Do the Bible study. Follow along in the Bible study. Grab your Bible, notepad, and pen. Follow along, writing down the references and the points, and study it out. So there's a lot of stuff in that play. That playlist is very important. Uh, as we discuss specific doctrines and teachings and theologies, very, very important things of the Christian faith. So please make sure you check it out. And there's some other uh, interesting little tidbits in there uh, uh, scattered throughout that playlist. But again, the playlist, according to the Bible, make sure you go through that during uh, the period of time of May 27 to June 10, as I will not be here during that time. Okay, so um, I will have my phone on me, but I won't have my computer with me. And if people are sending certain um, questions, whatever, I'll try when I'm able to, if I have time. Uh, if there's good internet, we don't know what the what the internet feed is going to be like there. Uh, but um, all de all depends where we can get reception. So it all de all depends. I may or may not be able to get to get to your questions or emails or whatever. If I don't, please understand that is why. And uh, Lord willing, when we come back, I'll be able to pick it up again if I haven't 
previously during that time. So I just want to let you know, again, from May 27 to June 10, I will not be here. So please make sure you uh, meet requirements for that, um, for your own personal studies and devotional time. Okay, so there's that. That's the announcements. So let's get to this. Grab a tea, grab a coffee. All right, so Angela has a question. Does God want us to forgive people even if they don't ask for forgiveness? Yes. That's the spirit of Christ. Uh, that's the forgiving heart, the forgiving spirit. It, is it, it doesn't matter what other people do or don't do. It matters what you do and don't do in the, in the name of Jesus Christ before, before our God. Um, that he wants you to be forgiving to be merciful, to be graceful, that even if they don't ask for forgiveness, like the father with the prodigal son, that he, that he was accepting and he, he was merciful and grace, showing that kindness, showing that grace, showing a grace. You see, having a forgiving heart and, and a, a merciful heart is a gracious heart. That's the heart of Christ. So we are to imitate that in all things, in sincerity. That even if the person doesn't seek forgiveness, we, we are to forgive them. That that you because you wouldn't hold grudges. Holding grudges is demonic. So we don't want to do that. So yes, absolutely, one hundred percent, as we see by the examples left to us in scriptures, that we are to be forgiving, even if the person doesn't ask for it. And even if they, they even if uh, yeah, that they want nothing more to do with you, still you forgive them because that's what the Lord does with you. So yeah. Um, okay, so Olga has a question. Thessalonians, first or second Thessalonians. Uh, Thessalonians 2.15. So now we're going to do a little bit of investigative work here. Is it first or second? Um, obviously, it's not first Thessalonians. Okay. Oh, yes. This argument. Yes. Roman Catholics and Orthodox love to use this one. Yes, I've debated a number of Catholics from the clergy to the lay people and Orthodox from clergy lay people uh, numerous times. This this argument has come up a number of times. Um, about, uh, in the argument of uh, Sola Scriptura, uh, using the Bible alone versus the the traditions of Orthodoxy and Catholicism that have been handed down by the by the popes and all the nonsense, um, they believe that according, especially according in Catholicism, that uh, when you you have the the Catholic traditions and religious rituals, and you have the scriptures, and that if there happens to be a contradiction or a controversy or a problem, you go with the traditions, not the Bible. You go with what the Pope says more than what the Bible says. So the Pope and the Catholic traditions are superior to the Bible, actually, in their religion, and it's very very similar in many ways in Orthodox. Not as extreme in that, but still, they do that. That they'd be more inclined to actually relate to their traditions and religiosity more than the Bible. Um, so, uh, so in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse fifteen, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. And if we just take a look at it, only it takes five seconds. Uh, what are the traditions? 
what are the traditions that they're talking about that they're referring to in 2 Thessalonians 2.15. That's Acts 2.42, the Apostles' Doctrine, which is what? The doctrine of Jesus Christ, the teachings of Jesus, the traditions of the early church is that which Christ has taught. That's our tradition. The Bible is our tradition. The teachings of Jesus is our tradition, not the traditions of men. It's not, it's not, it's not rituals and and religiosity but it's what jesus said and taught and that was handed down to the apostles that handed down to us and and this became the tradition to hand down the teachings and doctrines and theologies as christ taught and it goes down that's what our traditions are that's what he's referring to to hold to the traditions in another another passage says to hold to the doctrines which ye have been have been told uh, so the traditions are literally the doctrines not robes and candles and stained glass and beaded necklaces and crucifixes and calling upon angels and Mary and confession boxes and, and magic Oreo cookies. The, the traditions which you have been taught are literally the doctrines. That's what the Bible uh, literally teaches. So the Catholics and Orthodox, because they have not the spirit of God, uh, they are unable to understand the scriptures, so they won't get this. So yeah, so to answer your question, uh, what are my thoughts on that? Well, they're wrong. I'm right. Uh, so we see Second Thessalonians 2.15, the traditions are the doctrines and the teachings of the word of God, of the teachings of Jesus as handed down by the apostles that were handed down to us as they penned into the Bible. This literally is our catechism. This is our tradition. This is our ritual. This is our religion. So yeah. So there we go. So I hope that answers that one. Okay. Hey, good morning, good morning, everybody. Good morning. How's it going? Okay. Uh, Scion says, I was wondering, are women allowed to spread the gospel or the word of God? Absolutely. Yep. Not a problem. Uh, the only restriction, as we see in the word of God by First and Second Timothy and Titus 1 and 2, is that women aren't just not allowed to be deacons or pastors of a local church. That's the only thing. When it comes down to the actual official teaching in a pastoral uh, church-based kind of setting, women are not allowed to do that. Now, women can teach other women and can teach the younger kids and all that kind of stuff. There's many, they could be evangelists and missionaries and they can do it, it, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, they can do all of that, all of that kind of stuff. It just women just can't be pastors or deacons. That's just what it says. Um, but yeah, absolutely. We see in the Old Testament, there were prophetesses uh, like Deborah, where she spoke the, the word of God, but she was not the leader. Barak was. But you see, so you see that women absolutely can, can speak the word of God, can evangelize and all of that. Um, there are some crazy individuals who say that women are not allowed to. Well, those people are called Pharisees and they don't understand grace and they don't understand the word of God. And, they don't understand the Old Testament, where women actually spoke the word of God in the Old Testament, too, where they were under the law. So, yes, absolutely. And in the New Testament, we see women evangelists and women speaking up. And we see Philip the evangelist had daughters who were prophetesses. They spoke the word of God. And we see Aquila and Priscilla, and there's many others. So, absolutely, women can speak the word of God. They can share the word of God and evangelize and all that. Absolutely not a problem. Anyone saying you can't? Ignore them. Um, 
Okay, Angela says, my pastor said that we should forgive like God forgives, and he only forgives when we repent. Well, we see in the word of God that, that there's the, how do I say it, like a, a pre-forgiveness, uh, but that, that the sins have already been atoned for. They've already been dealt with. They've already been addressed by the, the cross of Christ. As he took the penalty and all this, he took the penalty and the judgment and all of that upon himself in the cross. All of our sins have been dealt with, uh, 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 past, present, and future. Uh, the I don't know how to word this. Uh, is that... Uh, the uh, yeah the weight of it was already dealt with it and with Christ at the, on the cross, that when we mess up this does not endanger our relationship with God in that He's going to deny us or cast us away or reject us as the parent who never disowns the child, and if the child is disobedient, um and what does the parent do? The parent is waiting for the child to apologize and to keep doing what they're supposed to be doing, uh, but does this damage the relationship? Um, does this damage the the, the child parent connection? No, but uh, but why does the child when it realizes that they're wrong? Why does the child apologize to uh, to retain their uh, uh, their placement in the family? No, but but rather it's because they love their parent, they respect their parent because because they want to be in union with their parent. So we, with God, when, when we mess up and we ask for forgiveness, we want to make sure that we understand why we are asking for forgiveness. Because otherwise God is going to punish you. No, that was already placed on Jesus. Whom the Lord loves, he chastises. The word chastise is loving, corrective, parental discipline. As a parent would correct a child. It's not a punishment. God doesn't punish us. He corrects. And this correction can be anything from a simple to just... Tap you on the shoulder and just to get your attention, you want to take a look at that Bible verse there? Um, uh, to like in severe, 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 severe cases, uh, Ananias and Sapphira. But then again, see, even that was kind of a mercy. Uh, but uh, we see that the Lord, the way he deals with us is as with dear children. So there's there's such a love from the Lord upon us in this that the reason we apologize, the reason we seek forgiveness is because we love him and because we respect him, respect his word over ours. We respect what he says over what we think and we respect him over our feelings and over our desires. And so we put the Lord first. And if we mess that up, if we if we sin against the Lord, he's our advocate, our intercessor, mediator. So we got to understand the proper reason that the proper doctrine behind the forgiveness amongst the saints so he only forgives when we repent is not exactly true now the the lord will continue with us when when we are respectful and loving toward him absolutely as he uh, the lord can restrict his blessing and protection if we are um, being rebellious and stubborn against the lord but even in this that as the Lord, the, the, as it says in the Psalms, Lord, forgive me for presumptuous sins, for secret faults, for sins of ignorance. Which I didn't even know I sinned. What is the is because I didn't even real, I didn't even know that I sinned. I had no no idea. Is the Lord, the Lord, then just not going to forgive me, not going to do anything with me? No, 
But in this, he shows a grace. He's still with us. He still, still treats us as dear children and blesses and helps while he educates us about that which we didn't even know. There's a grace. Such a grace. A, a, a grace of forgiveness even when we didn't even know we needed it. So we see that there's such a pouring out of the goodness of God and blessing upon us. And in this, you see, he teaches us so that so that we know what we did wrong, we didn't even realize, so that if it happens again, we know what to do about it. We could be more aware. So that the Lord won't forgive us unless we repent isn't exactly true. Um, technically, it's, that's not accurate. I'm not going to say it's wrong, but it's just not quite accurate in that um i i don't mean to override your past or any of that kind of thing i'm just i'm a very 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 technical person i i try to be very technical when it comes to the doctors and things like this that uh, yes i understand what he means i know what he means but it's not quite accurate i'm sorry um so he does forgive sins we don't forgive sins. Um, uh, we, we can't absolve sins, you know, like the Catholic priests kind of thing, you know, go walk on your knees up the church steps and say a couple Harry, uh, uh, Hail Marys and... No, that's just stupid. Uh, that we can't forgive sins. We don't absolve sins. Only God can absolve and forgive sins, but, but we can apologize to one another and we can forgive one another of our mistreatment of one another, but he's the one that deals with the sin. So, yeah. I hope that makes sense. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Uh, okay. And let's see. And and like I said, about uh, being very technical, some people get irritated with me over this, that, that I get so hyper-technical. But that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to call into question every catechism, call into question everything that comes along, call into question everything everyone says. And we got to see what does the Bible actually specifically teach. So in everything we see as well, when it comes to the church, when it comes to the saints, we also have to make sure we are relying on the, the, the fullness of God's grace. And yet there's grace there, but it's not grace to sin. But there is a grace to help us to understand sin and to be free from it and to be forgiven of it. Uh, so we're not under the law, we're under grace. So we got to make sure we understand that. And be very technical, be very hyper-detailed in everything. Question everything. Everything you've ever been taught, question it. What does the Bible actually say? All right. Uh, Angela says, this channel really helped my Christian life. I was so confused before, and everything here makes so much sense. Our God is not a God of confusion. God is not a God of confusion. That's right. That's right. And that's one thing I was talking with some people in the past couple of days um, regarding certain doctrines that, that are commonly held. Um, and uh, I point out to them one thing is that uh, that I like to say is, if you are confused about a doctrine or a teaching or something that's being taught, you want to back up and investigate it and interrogate it because the word of God is not confusing. 
God is not the author of confusion. And if you're confused about something, that's not God working there. There's something wrong. Either you heard it wrong, you understood it wrong, or it's been taught wrong. You need to go back to the Word of God. The Word of God is clear because the faith is simple. God is simple. He's the God of simplicity, as we see by salvation, is simple, hyper simple. So, it, so the things that the Lord says is very clear. And we ask of his spirit to help us to understand it, and he will show us. We need to come to the Lord without any preconceived notions, so that without any personal interpretations. Set it aside and learn it, that the word of God may contradict what you thought. Maybe something that you previously held and believed. But what the word of God says, whatever the word of God says, that's the truth. And we need to mold ourselves around this. Not what anyone else says or thinks. You need to question everything. Just like the Bereans did with the Apostle Paul. They, they uh, double-checked and triple-checked even what Paul was saying to make sure it was right. We need to do the same thing. We need to be hyper-technical on everything. Doesn't matter what other people say or think. Alright. Okay, let's go down through... Oh, the comments jumped again. Uh, okay, uh, what are you guys saying there? Oh, we got a new pastor, and he is really out there. I'm heartbroken because all all our friends are there. Hmm. So what, what what do you mean by out there? He's really out there. Would you, would you mind uh, expl explaining that? Just what you mean? Like, what are some examples? Like, how is he out there? I'd just be curious. Um, because I I kind of have pulled back a bit. I, I don't really listen to or research much of other pastors and stuff much anymore. I'm kind of tired of the whole debating thing. Uh, I just sit here and just this is and just focus on this ministry. So I'm just curious if maybe I could offer some advice or we could just talk about something or I don't know. I'm just curious as to how he's out there. He said, I think he's twisting the word. Like, uh, what are some examples? Um, okay. Um, Scion says, is there anything wrong with being part of orthodoxy? And aren't they the early churches before the separation? No, no, <laughs> no, they were not the early church. Uh, now, orthodox, the word, the word orthodox is a word that defines the old way, the original way, the old way, the old teachings. That's what orthodox, the word, means. And just like the word mystic has a specific meaning, but certain group, but a certain group of people of a certain belief system took that word and adopted it as their own. And there's a certain religion that adopted the, the word orthodox and adopted it as their own, and it became the, the word that defines that group um just like for example the word gay the word gay used to mean colorful lively uh, very animated a, a, a lively person uh, that word has been adopted to become the defining word of a certain group and it no longer really kind of means like what it used to they re they've redefined it so um, orthodoxy is what's called Catholic light. It's not full Catholicism, it's Catholic light. Um, it's like skim milk. 
but it still is Catholicism at its core, uh, the same kind of teachings and principles. It is not Christianity. It never used to be. It never was. It is not. Never will be. That the gospel that orthodoxy teaches is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It never was. Um, so they say that they go back to go back to the early church. Well, so does the Catholic Church. So does Islam. So does so do, all the cults say that, but they're completely wrong. You want to take a look at the specifics. This is why I said you need to be technical. You need to be hyper technical on other religions and belief systems. All because they say they love Jesus. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. Everyone say they love Jesus. The Jesus of their mind, of their beliefs, of, of their hold. But what does the Bible say? So you want to be hyper-technical on the cults and religions and belief systems. The, to be hyper-technical on orthodoxy, what do they teach? They teach a works-based system of salvation. They always have. They believe in baptismal regeneration. They always have. And that's a false gospel. So they teach, they also teach Catholic traditions and rituals, which are anti-Bible. So no, orthodoxy is dangerous. It's a cult. It's not Christian. They have nothing to do with us. We have nothing to do with them. Other than to rebuke their belief systems and try to teach them the truth so that they could be born again saved. All right. All right. Let's go down through. So I hope that answers that one, Sion. Uh, okay, Vools says, can you please recommend a couple of Bible verses that would specifically help to soothe my soul like a healing bomb when a family member really upsets me? Oh, boy. Um... Isaiah... 26, I think it's 26, 3, yes, Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee, trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. So what does that signify? A complete and utter rejection of anything anyone would say that would try to disrupt your peace in the Lord. So if something disruptive comes into your life, nope, I refuse to accept it. I'm not even going to think about it because your mind is to be stayed on him. Your mind is not to be stayed on what anyone else is saying or doing or whatever. Ignore situations and words and all that stuff. Ignore it all. Push it away, refuse to accept it, refuse to acknowledge it. Your mind is to be stayed, to stay. That's that's steadfast. That's held steadfast, like a solid rock that, uh, that's unable to be moved. So he will not allow thee to be moved. So, so this is what this is showing here. That will keep him in perfect peace. A perfect peace. Not just a peace of what we think a kind of a peace, but a perfect. This is peace of God. The peace of heaven, the peace of Jesus Christ, of everything that he is about, perfect, as God is perfect. He will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him. Now why? Because you trust in him. To trust that he will give you the wisdom, the words, and the, 
the provision and the protection and the strength and the ability. He will show you uh, how to get through the situations. He will guide you in all things. He'll provide all things. He, he is God. He is your Lord God, Lord Jehovah God, the God of, of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Peter, James, and John. He's your God, your Savior, your Redeemer. And if you keep your mind on him, he'll keep you in perfect peace. Ignore everything else. Keep your mind on him. That's Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. That's what I'd recommend. Okay. Um, Olga says, Lately, I feel convicted for not wearing a head covering in church. But nobody does. And if I do, people think I'm weird. I know you say it's not necessary, but I feel convicted. Hey, there's nothing saying you can't. But well, we went over this before about uh, about the head covering thing that uh, we showed by the word of God that it is completely unnecessary because your hair is your covering. Your hair is your covering. But uh, as our liberty in Christ is we're under grace, not, not law, uh, we see that if you want to wear a hat, you want to wear a veil, that's fine. Go ahead. Not a problem. I'm not going to judge you for that. There's literally, literally nothing wrong with that. As long as you understand you don't have to. But here's the other question that comes up in my mind with your statement is, why do you feel that you need to? Do you feel that if you do wear a head covering, that'll make you more holy, more mystic, more special, more closer to God if you have a piece of fabric on your head? I, this is what I want to say. Is we want to be careful because there is within us an, an ingrained desire of a form of like mysticism where something I do, I have, I, I, that I don't do will bring me closer to God. It's not about, it's the belief of faith that draws us closer to God, not the works of the hands. So a piece of fabric on your head isn't going to bring you closer to God. So, but if you just want to, because you like veils, you like hats, you like that kind of stuff, go ahead. Not a problem. Wear it. That's that's not even an issue. Uh, the issue is just that when when our desire changes the word of God is in contradiction to the word of God. Making sure you, you understand you don't have to, you don't need to, and it technically won't really do anything for you, other than might keep the sun off your head. Um, that's about it. But if you want to wear one, go right ahead. Not a problem. All right. And uh, you say you, you, lately you've felt kind of guilty for not wearing one. Well, I'll just mention it that that also would be because of the pre uh, brainwashing of, of the false religion you came out of. Because a lot of the cults uh, highly stress uh, that kind of a religious, that kind of a mysticism. And, the, and they, they, uh, pounded on the people and brainwashed the people into this so so that you the reason you feel guilty is because of the old the old indoctrination so this is where you need to uh, unlearn the lies you need to become undoctrinated uh, from the previous belief systems now again if you want to wear one go right ahead if you don't want to wear one don't wear one but it but to to get rid of the old false uh, indoctrination uh, you you counter, countermand that with the word of God. What does scripture say? All right. Okay. And David says, good morning, Jesus is Lord. Absolutely, amen, he is. He is Lord, he is God, he is the Savior. Um, 
David says, no denominations for me. I'll stick with Jesus. Um, okay, uh, now, I regularly do speak against the schism of denominationalism. Uh, that what that has done, it has caused damage. However, I, I do want to point out there that uh, the it's kind of it's it's too late. The damage has already been done, and, it, and this is it is what it is. And when you want to show some, okay, what kind of church should you go to? Well, don't go to church. Just stay home. Well, that's actually sin. I just say uh, the Bible says, "Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, but more and more to see the day approaching." So you should be seeking out the gathering together of the saints. Uh, well, we gather, uh, me and my family gather at home. That counts. No, no, no. Your family counts as as one unit under you, and you're supposed to go out and gather with other people outside your family. Um, That's what the Bible shows. Um, but uh, where would you? Well, what kind of church would you recommend? Methodist? No. <laughs> uh anglican no um what would you recommend united no you might as well go to the church of satan um what kind of church would you send them to where would you send them what denomination or denominations would closely the 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 closest uh, the most closely resemble what we believe well when you look out there and you see what's out there uh as i regularly say the closest would be free presbyterian not regular presbyterian free presbyterian and independent baptist those are the ones that would closest most closely resemble what we teach and believe in gospel and doctrine now of course absolutely there is not one single church out there that'll be absolutely 100 percent perfect so this is where we got to stop you know straining at the gnats you know pulling at straws uh, where uh, it, where we gather together, a church is not a place where people who are perfect gather. Nobody's perfect, but it's where people who are imperfect gather to learn about the perfection of Christ. It's like going to the gym. I'm not going to go to the gym anymore because of all the out-of-shape people. Isn't that the purpose? That's the purpose of church. All the spiritually out-of-shape people gather together to study the Bible and worship Christ to learn more about the Lord and how to get better, to get physically and spiritually more and fit by serving the Lord. So, um, we want to be careful about, about condemning denominations now uh, uh, please don't misunderstand me i don't condemn and damn dem denominations i don't do that um i'm i actually go to a baptist church my dad's the a baptist pastor uh but well, the point i make is to not strain it well i'm a presbyterian i'm a baptist i'm a, i'm a this and i'm a that and i'm a, no 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 we are born again christians first that's what's important believers of the word of god that's what's important you just happen to go to a baptist church or presbyterian church or whatever that 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 we don't we don't rely on our clan stripe that's my point that i make we don't rely on our clan stripe we are not our clan our clan is christianity we are born-again Christians. I'm a born-again Christian, a believer in the Word of God. Uh, I'm saved by grace through faith, but belief alone. That's sufficient. That's all I need to say. But where would you send someone? Those are my two recommendations. A free Presbyterian or independent Baptist. So, 
And it's, again, it's, yeah, and it's not, as Raven says here, it's not the building. A church is not the building. The building is where the church gathers. It's the, it's the place of the church. This is, this is where we go. Um, and, but again, you can have church in a field. Uh, actually, was it last summer? It was last summer. Our church, uh, uh, during the summer, during the good weather, we, we actually took our chairs outside. We have a one spot in our back in the backyard of our church building. There's a bunch of trees, so they have some really nice shade, some small trees of really really good shade, and we put our chairs under there, and we had church outside. That was really nice. The the birds and the breeze and the sun. It was really really fun. It was it was a really great time that we had to have church outside. Uh, you can have church outside, you can have the beach on an island, in the desert, in the metropolis. You, you can have church wherever. Yeah, underground, it's the gathering of the saints. But make sure you do gather with the saints outside your family uh, to serve the Lord. So there you go. So the first thing you want to do is you want to be hyper-technical on the gospel and the doctrines of the gospel and the doctrines of Jesus Christ. Be hyper-technical on that. If they contradict that, go somewhere else. But if they accept that, believe that, if they believe as you believe regarding Jesus and the gospel, okay, then you can start looking at other things. And you can disagree. Like, I have friends who are both Calvinists and friends who are Armenians. We are still born-again Christians. We just disagree on some points. You know, not because you disagree doesn't mean you can't get along, you can't gather together to worship Jesus Christ. You could gather to worship Jesus Christ with Calvinists and Armenians, with uh, Charismatics and anybody, as long as they believe in the gospel as you do. You can gather together to, to, to study the Bible, but if they're being obstinate on certain things and belligerent about certain things, okay, well, that's where you may want to move somewhere else. But again, we want to look at what is truly important. What is most important? Okay hope that rant makes sense okay okay angela says regarding her new pastor he's a calvinist that kind of says everything okay his first sermon was about why people reject god it's because jesus told the devil to harden people's hearts to the gospel Jesus did not tell the devil to harden people's hearts. Are you sure that's what he said? Jesus did not tell the devil to harden people's hearts. If that is actually what your pastor is saying, that's heresy. Because Jesus told the devil to harden people's hearts of the gospel. Second sermon was that you shouldn't forgive people that don't ask for forgiveness. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's messed up. I'm sorry if if that is actually true. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just okay. That's 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 out there. That's out there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Let's go down through. 
Okay. Um, just going down through the comments here. Uh, one comment here. I don't think the thief on the cross had to go to church to get saved. True, he didn't have to go to church, but he was meeting with the Lord. <laughs> uh, as we see as a picture by the thief on the cross, he neither got baptized, he didn't go to church, he didn't even any really know anything about the scriptures much. Um, he didn't get any special religious rituals or anything. He was he just believed that Jesus is the Lord, that Jesus is the Christ, the mighty God. And he understood Jesus. And he believed in Jesus, called him Lord, Master. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. He got saved because of his belief. Now, once you believe on the Lord, you do want to gather together with the saints. You do want to go and, and, and hold church, the gathering of the saints to worship Christ and study the scriptures. That's very important. But going to church is not salvationary. And doing the good deeds is not salvationary. But that's the question, why would you not want to? Well, because I don't need to. That's called rebellion. That's called stubbornness. Because the Bible says you should. And why would you not want to? Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And the commandments of the Lord is to gather together with the saints. So, and to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So, give that some thought. Yeah. Okay. Um, Raven says, what is important is what, is what, sorry. What is important is what it taught in the church gathering. Be the Bible alone without a filter of someone's belief or creed or tradition. Right. We, we don't hold to traditions and catechisms, any of that kind of thing. And people that are preaching catechisms and commentaries and all that kind of stuff, you want nothing to do with it. It's, you preach the Bible and you don't need to preach anything else. You preach the Bible, you don't need to preach anything else. What does the scriptures say? This is sufficient. This is our catechism. This is our creed. This is our commentary. This is our authority. What this says is the final absolute authority in all aspects of faith and practice of faith. Anyone try to add to that, subtract from that, twist that, change that, you might want to start being technical about them and scrutinizing them very carefully as, uh, as the Bereans did to be a Berean. So be very technical on everything. See, what does the Bible say? This is the final absolute authority. The word of God. Not people, places, things, or other writings. Right. Now, let me just clarify something. Now, I'm not saying that catechisms, creeds, and all that kind of stuff can't be helpful. There are some good commentaries and other writings and stuff out there. Like, I regularly talk about, you know, like these guys, for example. I, and they're writing fantastic stuff, fantastic works and, and stuff that you can learn from. But again, like the Bereans did with the Apostle Paul, they scrutinized the Apostle Paul. They didn't just take their, their writings to take his writings and his words as gospel truth off the bat. They checked it with the source of scriptures to make sure that the speaker, the writer is accurate. Line upon line, precept upon precept, uh, searching the scriptures and pairing scripture to scripture, really dividing the word of truth. And these have some great stuff in them, but we want to take this stuff and double check it. Because again, because again, all of the all the writers and all the people called the fathers of the Reformation, all that kind of stuff, all the, all the writers of this stuff, they're men flawed, errant. They are prone to error. 
and they have made mistakes in the past and some of them have uh, said some things that are not true so we want to be very careful this is where the christian eats eats the meat spits out the bones well so this is the only time where eat the meat spit the bones actually applies you can't eat the meat spit out the bones with buddha or muhammad or kenneth copeland or the pope they have no meat to begin with or joel osteen joyce myers or any of they have no meat to speak of to begin with you can only eat the meat spit out the bones of those that are truly born again christians like charles spurgeon ew tozer any of those kinds of guys that they believe the same gospel okay something you might disagree with what does the bible say if the bible disagrees with them then you just ignore that bit and you just keep going with them that's how you eat the meat spit out the bones biblically so yeah um okay angela says how do you know if you should find another church all right so please understand uh, as i'm going to preface this i am not telling you to leave your church okay i but if someone came to me and asked me what should i do should i leave should, should i stay what should i do what I would do is I would start with, okay, first off, what, what does he say about the gospel? What does he say about the gospel? The gospel of Jesus Christ, salvation by grace through faith, but belief alone in the Lord God, Jesus Christ alone, period. Okay. Do they believe that? Yes. Do they teach that? Yes. Do they in any way, shape, or form hinge your salvation upon deeds, doing, not doing? Can you lose your salvation? Is water baptism a requirement? Yes, no. If not, okay, good. They are a Bible-believing, gospel-preaching, born-again Christian church. Now, born-again Christian churches can sometimes get off on tangents and what me and my dad like to call hobby horses. They have their own hobby horse. Something they really focus on, uh, 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 traditions or rituals or legalism or uh, catechism, like Calvinism or something like that. They, they get off on tangents and they can be they kind of hyper-focused on these tangents. If they are preaching tangents, that kind of stuff as gospel truth, and they're emphasizing this all the time, they're always referring to it, you can go somewhere else. Seriously, like, would I sit under that if someone, if that's what they're all about and it's constant every week, it's just, this is what they're always on about. I, I personally would leave. That's just, that's the honest truth. I, I, I wouldn't be able to handle that. Um, now I know the whole church hopping thing is horrible and it's frustrating. It's annoying. And that, that's where it's completely up to you. You can continue to go and just eat the meat, spill the bones when they start going off on the tangents, just start doodling in your notebook just ignore it and then when it gets back to actually talking about the bible then pay attention you can do that um i i know it's frustrating but when it's just something we're seeing more and more these days more people are becoming less focused on scripture more focused on other writings and tangents and hobby horses um it's hard to find a good place i know and if they're going to continue to be like that you can 
keep going and just ignore the tangents or you can choose to go somewhere else that's what I would suggest I'm, I'm sorry you're going through that all right okay going down through the comments okay Olga why would Jesus want people to have their hearts hardened yeah Lord is not willing that any should perish that's right there you go uh, okay going down through <coughs> excuse me uh going down through the comments everyone's just talking all talking amongst yourselves okay um all right so you're talking about okay so let's go over here there's a few things i want to talk about um i got really angry yesterday really furiously angry yesterday um <coughs> excuse me because uh well happened over in uh in africa there's a report of a christian girl you might have seen the article a christian girl who was murdered by the religion of peace because she was a christian because she was a christian these people of the religion of peace pulled her out of her home stoned her to death burned her to ash and condemned her because she was a christian first corinthians ten twenty. but i say that the things which the gentiles sacrifice they sacrifice to devils and not to god and i would not that you should have fellowship with devils the other gods are devils they are devils straight up devils of hell masquerading as deities that's all they are that's all they are these people believing in their demon god and their demon god told them to go and murder christians i get angry at the false gods i get so furious at the false gods the poor people have no idea what they're doing they don't know what they're doing they're calling upon their gods they don't realize that their gods are devils deceiving them into hell and that's the danger of them yes yes great work but you guys need to stop calling me all sorry pointing the wrong direction it's always mirrored but yeah as i had this on my phone for a long time i decided to put this up people get angry oh, you shouldn't be saying those kinds of things about other religions absolutely i should because their gods are devils and not god their gods are devils and not god so yeah there's something to think about and uh how should we respond to this righteous anger righteous anger righteous anger we got to be careful about letting letting it become emotional personal anger that as terrible and as terrible as the persecution and murder and martyrdom is you can't take it personal because they'll hate you because of me Jesus said they'll hate you because of me the reason they did that was because of Jesus not because of her because of Jesus 
the, the darkness loves darkness. The darkness hates the light. They rage against the light. They curse the light. It's the light of Christ that upsets them. It's the truth of Jesus Christ that upsets them. You can't take the persecutions personal. You can't. They hate you because of Jesus Christ. The reason they curse you and hate you and speak and speak behind your back and lie about you and, and torment you and, and oppress you and per persecute you and torture you and imprison you is because of Jesus Christ. That's why they do it. And yes, she's with the Lord now. So we got to understand the, the proper attitude in this. How should we live in this present evil world? godly and, sinc and sincerely before the Lord as the Lord would now we may have lost a fellow sister in Christ heaven gained a champion we gained a martyr a martyr of the faith and that uh, she she did not recant she did not recant she did not deny the Lord That is amazing. Under the threat of death itself, she did not recant. She's an example. She's an example. And how do we live in our in our society? How do we live where we are in our area? Are we as bold as that? As as that girl over, over there, it, it, as bold as her? Are we as bold as her? Think about that. How can we be bold? To carry the torch of the saints. Sorry, wrong one. This is the one I meant to click. This is the one I meant to click. So this message is illegal. It's illegal all around the world. People hate it. They oppose it. They curse it. Even in Canada now, it's illegal. They pass laws and protocols in Canada where it, to, to make this illegal. You can't preach certain parts of the Bible, but we ought to be God rather than men. This message is illegal. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Why would it be? Why would the Bible be banned in China? Why does China ban the Bible? Why does Russia restrict and ban the gospel of Jesus Christ? Why does the Middle East persecute, hate, and oppose the gospel of Jesus Christ. Burn Bibles. They burn Bibles in the Middle East. The religion of peace gathers up Bibles into giant piles and burns them. Why? Why? Because of Jesus Christ. You don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Okay. Okay, Melissa says, I'm going somewhere else. I know in heaven there is no more sadness, no more tears, something I can't wrap my mind around. What about our loved ones that don't make it to heaven, does the Bible say? Yeah. Um, the Bible does tell us that if a person does not repent and believe the gospel, if a person rejects Jesus Christ right up to the point they pass away, they've had their chance. 
They've been given a chance. And God is not willing that any should perish. He gives every single individual a chance, an opportunity. And it's up to that person whether or not they'll accept or reject it. As you see in Hebrews 6, 4-6, that's what that's about. Accepting or rejecting the enlightenment of the Spirit of God upon them. Because God is not willing that any should perish. So every person has been given an opportunity. There is nobody in hell who's never been given an opportunity. I personally do not believe, according to the studies of Scripture, of what I see of the multiple, multiple passages of Scripture that back it up, I personally do not accept nor believe that there are people in hell who've never been given an opportunity or a chance. But So rather, we see that everybody has been given a chance. And if you die rejecting Jesus Christ, the Bible says... You will open your eyes in hell and you will await the great judgment or the Lord will then judge you for, for your rejection of Christ and for your sins because your sins weren't dealt with. Um, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing, but it's a truth. It's a terrible truth. Hell is a terrible thing. And as one preacher says, you should never preach on hell without a tear in your eye and that it's not something that God delights in. It's a terrible, horrible, horrible, horrible thing. But as we see, the Lord, the hell was not made for man. It was made for the devil and his angels. But because of sin, and sin must be dealt with. Sin must be judged. Sin must be cast away. That your sins are. And if you are not free from your sins, your sins will drag you down to hell. And your sins will be judged. This is why you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to be free from your sin, to be free from the condemnation of your sin. And people in hell, they, they have no, no mercy. There is no peace. It's over. There is no second chance. This, this is what makes us want to evangelize more and more because we don't want anyone else to go there. And make, this makes us speak up more and more to our loved ones because we don't want them to go there. We must tell our friends. We must warn the unsaved. We must speak up. Hell is not heaven's best kept secret. We must go and warn them. Warn them of their sins and show them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why would you not want to? So, it's a terrible, terrible truth, but it's a truth nonetheless. Some people hate it so much that they'll even water it down. They'll water it down or even flat out deny it. They'll deny the hell exists. They'll say, no, it's just it's just like you know, soul sleep. You just cease to exist. Nope, that's a lie. Soul sleep is a lie. Soul sleep is not true. The, the word of God actually clearly speaks against and refutes soul sleep. That uh, the annihilationism doctrine is complete nonsense. Hell is real, it's very real, and it's where the wrath of God dwells. And we want to warn people from that. So, uh, and, and similarly, to go into, it's a good point to bring up anyways that to talk about, but then as for us, when we get there, God says in his word that he will wipe away all tears and remembrance of sin it will be gone. So, with that as well as the remembrance of hell the pain and agony and grief and all that will be wiped out of our minds it will be forgotten because it once it's dealt with after the great white throne judgment all that all of that is dealt with it's done it's gone it's over it'll be wiped out of our minds all tears all remembrance of that and then we go on to be with the lord forever and and that is forgotten what it says so um 
Okay, Rosalie says, what is the difference between disciples and apostles? Are these the same? No, no, they're not the same. They're not the same. As we are disciples of Jesus Christ, followers of Jesus Christ. An apostle is an individual who's set up as a leader, uh, uh, as an authority, like Paul and Peter and James and John. These are apostles. as They, they were the ones that Christ chose himself personally to be uh, to stand in his place to hand down the teachings as the writers of scripture to speak as authorities in the name of jesus um uh, these are special ones selected by jesus for a special select office and work and um um and again an apostle is one who has been who has seen the risen lord their own eyes has been taught by christ face to face and has been appointed by christ personally to be an apostle and, but anyone can be a disciple. Anyone can be a disciple. All those who believe in the Lord God, Jesus Christ, are disciples of Jesus Christ. So a disciple is not an apostle, but you can't be an apostle without being a disciple. So, But there are no more apostles today because, well, the requirements to be one are no longer uh, accessible. As again, you have to have seen the risen Lord with your own eyes and been appointed by Christ and taught by Christ personally. And visions and dreams don't count. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Kimberly says, Why can't folks gather in homes, not just one single family member? I don't understand why that isn't a viable alternative when you can't find a traditional church setting. I didn't say you can't gather in your home. I didn't say. I, I, what I did say is that just by yourself, secluded by yourself as like isolationists. That, that's unbiblical. You need to gather together with other Christians. You can gather in your home. You can gather in your basement, your attic, or your backyard, or whatever whatever you want. Um, and, uh, gather wherever you want, uh, anytime. Uh, the point I was making is, is that isolationist type mentality that many people have is technically wrong. You need to be gathering with other saints, other Christians gathered together to worship the Lord, uh, to study the scriptures that the Bible teaches, uh, to go and seek out the gathering of the saints. But you can gather in your home if you want. All right. Okay. Uh church isn't for everyone this streamer right here has no power to control your life if you feel that helps you go closer to god then do it <laughs> Alrighty here uh church isn't for everyone yes it is because the bible says so the bible says so multiple passages the church is the gathering together of the saints and that the Christian is meant to gather with the saints, and our feelings are irrelevant. And this streamer right here has no power to control your life. Well, you're right with that, as, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form ever implying that I do. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Go see what the Bible says. I'm just reading the Bible. And I tell by your attitude on this, and by your name, I call you into question. Uh, uh, your attitude with all of this so you might want to uh, check your words and what you're saying and uh, and uh, this modern liberal social justice warrior type christianity that many people uh, teach is liberalism is anti-bible it's not about your feelings your feelings are irrelevant 
It matters what the Word of God says. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And the commandments of Jesus Christ to gather together with the saints and to preach the gospel into all the world. To expose sin and preach righteousness. That's what the Bible says. We are to judge, judge righteously. Do you not know the saints shall judge the world? We are to be very active in the commandments and the laws of God. And the laws and the commandments of God are to gather together with the saints. And it doesn't matter what you think or what you feel. All right. Well, the very fact they have tarot in their name and tarot is is witchcraft which is condemned by god which is an abomination uh go read deuteronomy 18 9 to 12 it's an abomination of god that which god hates it's divination it's divination it's witchcraft and it has nothing to do with our faith so i would if you say you love jesus you believe the gospel you should change your name all right okay rosalie says uh did jesus have a new perfect body after the resurrection yes why did he then still have the wounds from the crucifixion good question we go over that in our uh walkthroughs of the gospels when we get to the crucifixion point and uh so have a series on um the the four gospel resurrection it's a cro it's the chronological order uh of the uh crucifixion uh the death burial resurrection of jesus christ the chronological order uh, it's a great study uh, if you're interested in that uh, we'll go over that a bit and now uh yes on the resurrection morning as we see by what happened to him previously on the torture uh that was poured out upon him uh, his visage was so marred beyond any man you couldn't even recognize him his beard ripped out of his face and beaten and the, the flogging that he received uh, he was torn to pieces joints put out of place and he's just butchered absolutely butchered and then nailed to the cross a resurrection morning it was all healed um he had uh, as the resurrection body as the wounds were, were all were all uh, fixed and healed up but he kept these things because he came because as is prophesied of the point is that he would offer himself as the lamb on the altar which is the crucifixion and the death uh, this uh, this is what he came for that the, what was poured upon him in, in the the beatings and the floggings and all of that that was just man's inhumanity to man that was just the wrath of the devils that was just the the wrath of sin upon jesus christ that that was just them being vicious and mean he didn't come for that he came to die he didn't come to be tortured so all the the torture and the stuff was healed up but he kept the nail prints, nail prints scars. He kept these things, the holes in his hands and his feet, and the spiral on his side, because this is the signification of what he came for: remembrancers, uh, to to show to, as uh, God is nostalgic on that. Uh, and one in the sense that this is the the seal of the promise of the the nail print scars that he fulfilled the promise that, as an identifier as well. You see who I am. He says, "Behold, my hands and my side. Be not faithless, but believing. Look, this is this is me. I came to do this, like I said I would. I did it as a proof of His word. Um, this uh, seal of, of the of the final work, the seal of this. And uh, as one preacher says, the only thing in heaven made by man are the nail prints in the hands of Jesus. It's a sign of love. This is how much I love you." There's so much uh, teaching and doctrine and points that can be made behind this. Uh, but yes, on the resurrection morning, he had the resurrected body, a body which no longer would be able to die. It was changed. Um, as, uh, 
and this, uh, the Bible talks about how on that day when we are taken up to be with the Lord, we will receive a resurrection body like Christ. Well, that will never die. You won't, you won't need to eat. You won't need to sleep. There's no negative, no pain or illness or death. Uh, bodies without sin and uh, uh, perfect bodies. We will receive that like Christ has. Um, so yeah, uh, and why he kept those things? Well, there's many points that we made on this. Uh, the one, the biggest, is because it is it is the fulfillment, the seal of the promise of God to mankind, and it was completed. And it's a, a proof of it. A proof of it. You see, behold it, and this is me. So yeah. Um. I hope that answers your question sufficiently. Um. Okay, going down through. And has a reference here. I'm not sure what the reference is in Proverbs 18.1. Through desire, a man having separate himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. Through desire, a man having separated himself seeketh into mouth with all wisdom. Um, well, you want to back up verse 28, chapter 27. Even a fool, when he holds his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. And through desire, uh, uh, you're wanting wisdom, you're wanting knowledge, a man having separates himself uh, is to leave off your own thoughts on this one, seeks out, meddles with, to, to take part in all wisdom and it's through desire as you want to grow want to learn so yeah powerful verse just wondering what is the reference for that uh but yeah powerful verse again which is that's good to hear that's what i meant that yeah not isolating but having the church yes okay uh okay so there you go um the other thing i want to bring up is something i posted from the other day made a comment to someone as we were talking about because you may have seen i did a political post now i kind of broke my own rule um i absolutely detest politics with every fiber of my being i hate politics i hate the political game i want nothing to do with it all politicians are liars they're all liars. Show me a politician that's not a liar. It, it's just, it's just corruption. It's all corruption, and it, and it's attempts to control and rule nations and societies without God. Show me where God and His holy word is actually living in any political party. I can find it. So, anyways, I hate politics. I don't like talking about politics. I try to avoid politics with uh, every, every opportunity I have. But, but, I had to speak up. I had to say something. I broke my rule. I had to say something. And this is what I said. We are clearly at a point where we as the church must draw a dividing line. Due to the sheer level of paganism immorality, child murder, and God-hate that the liberal-slash-democrat parties stand for, it must be said 
that one cannot be a liberal Democrat and be a lover of Jesus Christ. Can't be. And I had some people ask me about that, question me on that. And this is my response. Please don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that the Republican Conservative Party hasn't done their share of evils and sin. But in comparison to what both parties stand for and what freedoms and liberties they allow or destroy, the Liberal Democrat Party is straight up the party of hell. The Liberal Democrat Party is literally supporting and installing socialism and communism, destroying fundamental rights and freedoms of people, destroying religious rights and telling people how they should and should not worship, changing the very meanings of words, destroying science, creating new science. They groom and destroy children with their new twisted gender obsession. They worship nature and elevate animals over humans and human rights. And they now fight for and promote the insane murder of children and create new laws to allow the murdering of children up to a week after the child is born. I haven't even begun to scratch the surface of the criminal insanity of the left. And it's not even a close comparison to compare the Republican conservative to the left. I absolutely hate politics to begin with, and I have no love for either party. But the sins of the left has become so incessantly loud and insane that their demonic clod hold on society must be opposed and preached against. That is the official stance of Christian Coffee Time. If you disagree with that, show me from the Bible how I'm wrong. And again, I am not political. I don't care about politics. I don't preach politics. I, I don't tell people how to vote. I don't have any of that. I want to, I preach this. I hold to this. I, I stand for this. This is all I care about. This is all I think about. This is all, all I'm about. And, but however, 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 the Liberal Democrat Party is so, so, so far out there and deep into the fires of hell it must be opposed it must be preached against i am not saying in any way shape or form that the republican conservative party is all good and trustworthy i'm not saying that they're very criminal in a lot of things they've done a lot of bad things but the left is so far out there they must be opposed you cannot in any good conscience you cannot in any biblical sense you cannot in all sincerity before god you cannot call yourself a lover of jesus and stand with the left you can't absolutely cannot i'm not saying you can't be a christian i'm saying you can't be a lover of jesus can Christians make mistakes? Can Christians sin? Can Christians be deceived? Can Christians be deluded? Yes, absolutely. I am not saying, and I never would say, you can't be a Christian and be that because politics is not salvationary. However, what I am saying is you can't call yourself a lover of Jesus. If you disagree, 
show me from the word of God how I'm wrong. Okay. Now, with that said, we move on to another topic. I hope that is sufficient. I hope that makes it all clear. And if you disagree, you need to start doing some research. You need to start looking at what the Democrat Party, what the Liberal Party is all about. You need to start researching that and see what they're all about and see how far away from God they actually are. And, and, and like I said, I, haven't, I didn't even scratch the surface of the level of criminal, sinful insanity that they're all about. Okay. So yeah, what the Bible says, that's what's true. All right, so with that said, let's move on. Now, uh, we get into another topic. I got into a bit of a... Uh, <laughs> I got myself into hot water. And when you know what you're about to say, it's going to cause a theological storm, but you got to say it anyway. All right, I, I did it again. Every once in a while, I just, I can't not. You know who I am. You know what I'm like. I, I rock the boat. I shake things up. I, I, I do things and say things on purpose just to get people going to see where they stand on stuff, to see what's going on. And, well, as some of you may know, this past week, I did a, a community post uh, here on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram um, making some jokes about Flat Earth. Now, if you get angry over the shape of dirt, you're taking dirt too seriously. Because honestly, in all reality, the shape of dirt is irrelevant. Like, honestly, could you tell me, how would your life change if you found out that the Earth was actually a giant triangle? Or a space donut? Or or, or in the shape of a banana? What what? actual difference change would that make to your life whatever the shape of the dirt was it's not salvationary it's not a big deal it's not that important but some people take the shape of dirt so seriously that they elevate it to a nice salvationary level that some people say you, you, you if you don't believe in flat earth you're you you're not a christian uh i didn't know the shape of dirt was salvationary anyways i i i, I cracked some jokes about the flat earth thing I thought it was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> the first picture set says, you know, three proofs for flat earth. And then the, the next three slides is, is a, sorry, couldn't load image, click to retry on each of them. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, a lot of people got a good laugh from that. Again, it's just a lighthearted joke, but some people got really angry. Some people got really mad that I would mock their Lord and Savior shape of dirt. Um, so, yeah. Uh, about 30 people unsubscribed from me on Instagram. I thought that was funny. One way to figure out where people stand is just start mocking silly nonsense. So, yeah. If you want to believe the earth is flat, right ahead. I have friends who believe that the earth is flat. Um, I'm just, I, I don't want to listen to it. If, if that's what you believe, go right ahead. Go right ahead. That's what you want to believe. If you want to believe the moon's made of cheese, go right ahead. If you want to believe, you know, we evolved from dino snot 100 billion years ago, go right ahead. I don't care. I don't care what, what you what you believe. I care what the Bible says, and 
I have my convictions and this is my channel. So I get to say what I believe. And if you disagree, you could disagree. We could both disagree and still be still be fellowshipping Christians. But the moment you get mad, the moment you get mad, and we can joke and, and banter back and forth when all of that, that's perfectly fun. As long as it stays amicable. We can make jokes and all that we can as long as it stays amicable. But the moment you get mad, the moment you get all worked up, that's the moment I want nothing to do with you. Yeah, it shows that you have you have no self-control, you have no uh, uh, mental groundedness, and you're allowing your emotions to control you. I, I don't want anything to do with you if that's what you're going to be like. But if you can just stay calm and cool, collected, and we can just joke about things and have fun and, and talk and discuss, hey, not a problem. Not a problem. So, yeah. And, but there's a lot of arguments against Flat Earth on basic science well you can't believe any science oh really so everything they said about uh, you know from microscopes to about atoms and and nuclei and about you know how tree leaves work and when we when we zoom in on cells and i said you're saying that's all wrong you're saying you're saying biology is wrong that science of biology is wrong you're saying science uh, of botany is wrong you're saying so, uh, that mathematics science is wrong you're, all science is wrong no 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 just just what they say about outer space oh really that's why any joe blow can go and get a telescope and see the planets and all the stuff that nasa's putting out there anyway so you can see it for yourself you're saying that and that every single person who owns a telescope is a liar and if the earth is flat and the sun and moon are just going across a disc, then how come the, the sun isn't lighting up all the rest of it? Well, it works like a spotlight. Please. Then how come the star constellations aren't the same everywhere in the planet? Don't you think if the earth was flat that all of the star constellations would be able to be observed from everywhere in the planet? But they can't. Why? Because the earth is round. There's so many arguments that we made on this. But the earth is not flat. And if you disagree, that's well, your choice. I'm not a flat earther and I speak against flat earth. And if you can't handle that, well, you can go somewhere else. But anyways. But anyways, so people got really mad on that. And people say, well, the, the, the globe thing was created, created to, hi to hide the existence of God. Um. Okay, you're telling me that the shape of the earth proves the existence of God, and that's why they're hiding the shape of the earth. The Bible doesn't prove the existence of God. It's not being hidden. Churches, all biblical archaeology and historicity, all of the, the evidence and the digs and all of the all of the archaeological proofs that prove the bible true that that, that doesn't prove the existence of god but the shape of dirt is more important than that than the actual historical documentation of jesus the shape of dirt is more important than that the shape of dirt is more important than the bible you're saying that uh, all of everything else that's out there that proves the Christian faith is nowhere near as important as the shape of the earth. That that's what the government has given all of their, 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 their attention and money and force to try to hide is the shape of the earth. You're really telling me that? Yeah. Flat earth is a delusion. It's a lie. It's a made-up conspiracy to get people off of what's actually truly important. 
Just saying that elevating the shape of dirt is more important than the actual historical uh, uh, facts and proofs and archaeological proofs of the existence of Jesus and the church and the Christian faith. That shape of dirt is more important. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah, there is actually no sound logical argument for the for flat earth. I'm, I'm just, that's where I stand on that. I, I, I if you want to believe that, that's your choice. I, I don't hate you. I don't, uh speak evil of you i i just personally believe that the flat earth thing is nonsense so if you disagree that's your choice all right okay let's go down through um melissa says i feel like the far left satan uh, already feels like he has them so he's working on a way to deceive the, the right so i stay out of it those that think uh, that trump is somehow a savior yeah i just stay out of it I, I don't care about any of politics it's irrelevant to me it doesn't matter to me jesus says my kingdom is not of this world so why are so many christians trying to enforce a kingdom on earth when jesus says his kingdom is not on earth uh you're not going to get a christian nation it's not going to happen it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse as the closer the end we get uh supposed to be focusing on things above not on the things of the earth um can, should christians be involved yeah as much as you can but show me a show me an actual political party that you could honest to god vote for that doesn't contradict the bible does everything that the right stands for and supports and promotes and is in their political party everything that they're about does it line up with the bible can you honestly stand for that so you see you have to Decide yourself how you're going to approach that one. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Uh, I'm just going to say, look, what the Bible says, that's what's, that's what's important. Okay. I'm not against Trump. I'm not for Trump. I don't, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I don't take sides. I take the side of scripture. I'm, I'm, I'm a gospeler. I'm an evangelist. Uh, I'm a Bible teacher. I'm, I'm a missionary of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what I stand for. I don't care about anything else going on in this world. I care about souls. I care about the exhortation of the saints and the building of the church and bringing the lost to Christ. That's my focus and I don't care about anything else. So if my uh, stance on politics offends you, well, tough. So, okay, let's move on. Uh, Viking says, what's your stance on Christians that believe in evolution? They don't believe the Bible. They clearly do not believe the Bible. That they're trying to interpret the Bible be, uh, by what some white white coats are saying in labs who don't believe in God and don't believe the Bible and don't believe in it. And they're trying to uh, create a form of existence without God. And because these people don't want to offend other people, they're trying to find ways to compromise Scripture to fit their own personal ideologies because they haven't studied the Bible themselves. That's my thoughts on that. Okay. Okay, let's go down through. Uh, Kingdom Air says, Satan doesn't bother the left or those anti-God. Yeah, he does. Absolutely he does. Yeah, he, he, he fights to drag them more and more into delusion and, and blindness and sin and, and, and to, to teach them in ways, more ways to hate God and oppose the faith. Yeah, he works with them constantly. Absolutely he does. Uh, Satan has them now. Yeah, he does. He does. That's why they need to repent and believe the gospel. Satan is messing with the believers. And he does that too. Yes, he does. Um, 
but he's very active on both sides uh, in, in everything. Satan is active in all world religions. He's active in all world politics. He's active in, in everything. And he's active in opposing and fighting Christians. Uh, he's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he doesn't care who it is. Um... And going down through. Uh, okay, Melissa says, I follow people that know the, go know the gospel and are Christian that both believe in flat earth and round. I don't get worked up about it. I've seen good arguments for both. I can't believe people deleted you. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I did some posts uh, just stating my stance regarding hyper-Calvinism and that I oppose limited atonement, especially that it is, it is heretical nonsense. Limited atonement is, is heretical nonsense. And I, I put out my reasons why in all the scriptures. 70. 70. 70 people unfollowed me. And a ton of them spoke against me, railed on me, some cursed me, some say I'm a heretic and I'm evil. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's insane. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. Keep going on. You 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 preach the truth, whether it fills up the room or clears it out. You just ignore you ignore the the railings of man. Just keep moving on. Uh, okay, Olga. Do people really believe the Earth is flat? Yes. Yes. It is a huge movement. You wouldn't believe how many people actually believe that. They actually, honest to God, 100% believe that, that we live in a pancake earth that's covered in a special crystal dome like a snow globe. They 100% believe we're in a special crystal dome, snow globe, flat earth. That the sun and the moon are in the crystal dome and all the stars are, are just spots on the crystal dome. And that God sits on top of the crystal dome. And that the earth is flat. And that, the, and that it's an ice wall that goes all around the outer edge. Yeah, they actually believe that. And they believe that the Bible teaches that when it doesn't. They they hyper cherry pick Bible verses to try to support this. It is unbelievable. It is so nonsensical. The, the, all we got planet, 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 pancake, planet, planet, planet. Yeah, they they, they believe that. They um but Literally everything disproves it, but they reject everything because they say, well, that was made by people to, to try to disprove God. Uh, is that why any form of actual, observable, testable, logical test that could possibly be done disproves it? Is that why all tests disprove it? It, it, because it's so true. I mean, you could do the shadow test. Take two sticks. Separate them by a couple miles. Measure measure the distance and the, shadow, the shadows between them. And, and by a simple mathematical test, you can prove that the earth is round. Um, 
Yeah. But when I go up in a plane, I look out the window, it's just flat. Do you realize how big Earth actually is? That, that when you take a look at the size of Earth, you are barely a pinprick. That from, from that level of pinprick, well, what you can actually see is so, so minute. You, you think, you think you're looking way over here, but really, you're just look, you're looking there. It's so small. Um, they say, well, well, when you take a, you take a, 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 a level, take an actual measure, a carpenter level up in the plane, it doesn't slush, it's flat. That is one of the dumbest arguments. Yeah, there's so many ways you can disprove flat Earth. It's not funny, but these people reject all of those because well, oh, that's just that's false science. Oh, okay, you can't you can't reason and you can't logic with delusion. It's like arguing with a cult because flat Earth is a cult. It's a cult mind. It's cult logic. You can't argue with cult. Cult people don't believe they're in a cult. Um, the people whose minds are locked down in a delusion, you can't reason with that. You can't preach conviction. You can't reason with delusion. You have to let it alone until it runs out of steam and they get frustrated with themselves and then you can start to try to reason with them. You just, you can't. Uh, I had one guy, he was an old friend of mine. This, this hurt me more than anything. Um... A friend of mine, him and I have been friends years and years and years. We were like brothers. We were so close. One of my absolute best friends. He got completely sucked into the flat earth thing to the super, super level of flat earth. Um, and he denounced me as a heretic, said that I'm no different than a Jesuit and I'm preaching Jesuit nonsense, and I, I'm dangerous, and they condemning me, and saying, oh, he's biblical, I'm all unbiblical, and, and I'm dangerous. He lost his mind and attacked me, and we uh, I had to I had to cut off relationship with him. I had to block him across social media, because he just went nuts. Every single post that I made, even gospel posts, just to preach the gospel, let people know how to be born against it, he couldn't help himself. He would have to put all kinds of flat earth nonsense in the comments under gospel posts. He elevated the shape of dirt to the level of salvation. That It's just insane. It's, it's a mental disease. It's, it affects the mind. It rots the brain. It rots logic. And the people can't see the forest for the trees. It, it's so dangerous. It's nonsense. And this is why I'm always, always, always straining, stressing, so important to be hyper-technical on everything, but biblical. What does the Bible say? Don't try to interpret the Bible based upon other ideas and writings and things. What does it say? That's what it means. And nowhere in the entire Bible does it teach flat earth. Well, space is a lie. That's why the Bible teaches about outer space. That's why the Bible teaches about stars and constellations and roving planets and nebuluses and all the stuff of space. Like, seriously. That's how God formed the worlds plural but space is a lie it says planets it says space it talks about space the people reject the bible because it doesn't fit with their preconceived notions that's what cults do that's what cults do that's how we got to be hyper technical what does the bible say question everything relentlessly hyper technical 
Doesn't matter what anyone else says. Their traditions, their religiosities, their rituals, their teachings, their denominational distinctives. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Catechisms, creeds, commentaries, councils. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Dreams, visions, opinions, feelings. Doesn't matter. Question it all. By the Bible. What does it say? This is the final absolute authority. You can never go wrong with just holding to this. And anyone who would try to change this, twist this, add to this, modify this, or anything else is wrong. And you need to ignore them and hold to the word of God. So yeah, and yes, Olga, you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe Flat Earth is one of the fastest growing cults in the world today right now. It is insane. Absolutely insane. It's crazy. All right. Oh, the comments jumped a lot. Okay, where in the world did it leave off? Um, <clears throat> okay, there we are. Okay, Melissa says... Uh, Exactly. The man that, that wants to put chips in people's heads, yet many Republicans think he came to save the day. Things will get better here until Jesus comes. Are uh, you referring to Elon? Yeah, Elon is a technocrat, I believe it's what it's called. Uh, he believes in technology. He is hyper science and technology. And that, that's all good and dandy to a point. Um, the one thing about him that I do like is that he is quite libertarian and uh, that he doesn't denounce or hate or oppose Christianity, which is kind of refreshing. Uh, finally, an individual who is hyper science and technology that doesn't hate Christianity. Uh, that's very rare. And he's all for free speech. Like he's buying out Twitter, which is awesome. <laughs> Uh, uh, that's good. He's installing free speech and he's allowing it to be a plan for anybody and nobody's going to be censored. So that's good. That's, that's nice. Um, but again, he's, he's not a Christian. So we have to make sure we understand the hold them uh, in, in that level. And, and there's nothing wrong with technology and well, chips thing. Let's talk about the chips thing, put chips in people. Now I, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. It's cool technology, but personally, I wouldn't do it. Uh, chips are not the mark of the beast. You must understand that. The, the, the microchip is not the mark of the beast. The Bible flat out says so. The Bible says it's an etching in the skin as scarification, tattooing, or branding. It's, an, it's a sigil. It's the, the name of the Antichrist and, and or the number of his name. There'll be two options. There'll be two si sigils. There'll be two symbols. Either it'll be a design of his name or a design of the numerical value of his name, which is 666. We'll be a special... Uh, style that will be then etched into the right hand or forehead. It's not a microchip. It's not 5G. It's not cell phones or seat belts. It's not your driver's license. It's not any of that. It's not going to church on Sunday like the Seventh-day Adventists say. It is the sigil symbol of the Antichrist, a mark in the flesh, which is scarification, tattooing, or branding. It'll probably be like a laser etching kind of thing that, that, that they'll do in the forehead or the right hand. That's what it is. It's not the microchip. So once you realize that, we can kind of loosen up a little bit regarding you know, new fancy tech and all of that. Your cell phone's uh, 5G is not the mark of the beast. You can relax on that. Um, you can stop hiding your cell phone in the in the microwave, as some people do. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but Elon is not a Christian, but he is 
not opposing Christians, which is nice. So, so I, I'm kind of watching him with, with some eagerness uh, uh, just to see the kind of tech he comes out with. He's, he's coming out with a new line of cell phones, which is pretty cool, and the new vehicles and his rockets, all that. It's really cool. Um, I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, again, we hold everything biblically. There's nothing wrong with technology. As long as that technology isn't used specifically to fight against God. Once technology and those kind of things comes out for that purpose, that's when we must draw the line. But rockets and cell phones and cars and, and fancy tech and all of that, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, for example, he was talking about in one uh, podcast, I forget with who, I think it was with Joe Rogan. Elon was talking about using new special hyper advanced technology to heal quadriplegics. Where uh, they take the special mesh tech meshing i don't know what it is just tech meshing where this where the uh the spinal cord was severed they can actually put this special tech in to uh, to actually continue the nerve impulses through and it's works kind of like a bluetooth kind of thing where it'll beam the symbols through and actually allow the person to have their limbs back through special tech advancement for the spinal cord that's awesome that's really cool. Um, how is that wrong? It's not. So, again, so many people, uh, I'm not saying you do or anyone else here does, but we got to be careful about, about attacking new tech because we don't understand it. We fear it's the mark of the beast. No, tech is not the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is like a tattoo and etching in the flesh of his name or the number of his name. So, there you go. And furthermore, furthermore, one final note. Well, if you study the Bible, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, compare that with Revelations, so it talks about the coming of Christ. We're not going to be here. When the, when the time comes where the mark of the beast is actually installed, we're not going to be here. We're taken out. Christ comes and he takes us out before the mark of the beast is, is initiated. So, if we're alive at the time, we're not even going to see it, so. What more do you have to fear? There you go. Okay, Viking has a point here. And that's something I've actually talked about. And a lot of fundamental Christians go nuts on this one. Uh, furthermore, about the evolutionary model. Evolution in and of itself does not disprove God. If you actually study it, and study what the Bible says, evolution doesn't disprove God. It doesn't prove that there's no God. If, if, if evolution is true, that just means that's how God did it. And the Bible then would reflect that. But evolution doesn't disprove God. All because if a bird evolved from a fish doesn't say that there's no God. Because where did the matter come from? Where did the animals come from? Where did all matter and all this stuff come from? Someone made it. So, yeah, the whole idea that evolution disproves God is as as a logical argument is illogical um it doesn't disprove god it's just anti-bible it's just contradicting the bible but it doesn't disprove god so yeah okay okay uh i've been around some flat earth folks they use the gen genesis argument of the firmament uh to the end to the end of the earth the ends ends of the earth that's talking about uh, from the east to the west and, and all the ends like for example you look at the continents they're from end to end of canada um they say the the end that's that's not an actual word of b 
barrier uh, as to say that you know that like from a it's not uh it's not a piece of paper as in this logic end to end uh, going as as from from here all the way around the bible talks about uh about uh, um the waters which encompass the earth to encompass uh there's arguments in job for spherical um, oh, there's so much in there uh, that disproves the, the flat earth model. But the firmament thing, that's just the, the different levels of atmosphere. That's the levels of atmosphere. It talks about the, about the, uh, the upper heavens and the different firmaments. We see, we see where we are, and, and the firmament uh, talks about the, the second firmament, I believe it is, where the birds fly, and the other ones, other levels, and about outer space is one of the outer firmaments. Uh, that's... What it's talking about, but they interpret change it to mean crystal dome that we're under a crystal dome. No, the Bible doesn't say we're under a crystal dome, and we're not under a dome of any kind. So, yeah, again, the, it's the same logic as the Calvinists to say that all doesn't mean all, whosoever doesn't mean whosoever, and any doesn't mean any. Uh, but that, but that, but that all the world means a specific select chosen elect no that the no if you study the word all it's an all-inclusive the word all is not a limited select yeah uh okay uh kimberly says why do you think no one is allowed to go to antarctica who says they aren't you're absolutely allowed no, you can. You can go to Antarctica. Not a problem. Uh, it's just, however, there are certain sections of Antarctica that are divided up to different countries. They have, they have their uh, national uh, laboratories and stuff of their country there. And you, you actually have to have the permissions of those countries to, to go to those sections that have been given to this land where they have their uh, their their research stations. And that there's rules of, of, propri of propriety and protocol to, be able to go there. But absolutely, you can go there. Uh, there's tons of people that do. Uh, different expeditions is not many do because it's extremely extremely harsh in weather and and that uh, your life is in danger there's so many threats and stuff and like for example to go to antarctica to go to those places you have to have your appendix removed beforehand because as a uh, as a precaution because for example if you it if you're uh it has happened in the past or if something happens in that way it how long it takes for medical uh, emergency services to get to you you'd probably die there's so many precautions and rules because it's so dangerous it's so inhospitable um, they drop you off and once you're dropped off you're not gonna be picked up again for a long time and if you didn't bring enough supplies your life is in danger then you got other creatures and animals and things that could kill you there's you can but you can go you can go just you're taking your life in your own hand so the people say you're not allowed to go there well that's not true um uh again it's just you want to take a look at the the level of involvement of what is required to go it's it's very restrictive but you can go um no not one nation owns antarctica it is shared amongst amongst the nation amongst the countries uh in a special peace treaty agreement regarding this and it's used as a as a research place for many cultures you absolutely can go uh okay it's interesting though uh some reports in antarctica about under the ice 
you can go look this up, uh, that many researchers have found under the ice of Antarctica, palm trees, rhinoceroses, all kinds of other stuff from like jungle, green jungle like land. It's weird. And how is that possible? The flood. Because all the earth was under like a greenhouse effect before the flood. And then the flood happened. And this is part of the outcome of it. That's why the Egyptian Sphinx is covered in submersion erosion. At one time, the Sphinx was completely submerged underwater. When did that happen? The flood. So, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of stuff. But again, the, as atheists and evolutionists and all these people don't believe the Bible, well, they'll try to hide this kind of stuff from you and they'll try to suppress it. But it does get out eventually. And as long as we're holding the Bible as a final authority, uh, we can see what's actually going on. It's quite interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, Melissa says, I just had to go check your Instagram. I know of one that must have deleted you. He's actually one that led me to your page, LOL. He's a Calvinist and flat earther. Double delusion. Uh, I'm happy at least he led me to your page first. <laughs> yeah. The Calvinist and a flat earther that's hardcore delusion that's hardcore okay let's move on rosalie says two years ago your wife helped me find a new church here in germany it is a really very good biblical church i wonder how she did that she's very smart much smarter than me uh she knows how to research stuff she knows how to find stuff uh but yeah that's one thing she loves to do people who reach out to her uh, ask for help in finding a church in the area she's more than happy to do that um, she's very busy, but when she has time, she loves to do that. Uh, but yeah, she, she just knows how to research stuff. She's really smart. So yeah, uh, maybe others looking for a new church could write her too. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Just again, you go to our website and there's a contact link there. You could send us emails directly from our website and we'd be happy to help you when we can, if we can. Okay, Viking, I wonder how God reaches aliens from other galaxies. Uh, he doesn't, because there aren't any. Aliens don't exist. Uh, the Bible actually very clearly teaches there aren't any. Um, furthermore, as you see, the Bible talks about uh, uh, s uh, about the sin of the earth, uh, that uh, um, there is no other name under, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, that all creation groans because of sin, and about the sin of the world. And there's uh, other passages, I can't remember off the top of my head, that talk about under our firmament, our world is where sin is. So, and because of Adam's transgression, sin fell upon all, uh, upon all creation of earth, that earth, that the world must be saved. It doesn't say anything about any other place. And it talks about that when God created the heavens and the earth, it t says what it is and then what he did create. Then he focuses his attention upon earth for his, his uh, attention of creation. And we were made in the image of God. Aliens aren't made in the image of God. Humans are. And furthermore, if aliens were made, uh, they, they technically would be in an Adam and Eve state of sinlessness. Uh, or else, did they sin? Do they need an alien Jesus? How does that work? Uh, we're supposed to preach the gospel to every creature, but they didn't have rockets back then to go to Mars to be able to witness the gospel to the aliens. 
Aliens don't exist. And there's so much scripture that refutes the alien model. Plus, aliens were created by evolutionists. Because the Big Bang thing, we just spontaneously evolved like mushrooms on planet Earth. Um, so, therefore, theoretically, life could exist anywhere else in the universe. But that came from the evolutionary model. Uh, but when you go back to the Bible, life does not exist elsewhere in the universe. It exists only here. Aliens don't exist. I actually have a whole message. I go into great detail on this, showing from a, a thorough biblical study on this called Science Fiction versus Scripture. If you're interested in that, let me know. I'll, I'll share the link with you. Uh, it should should be in the playlist according to the Bible. Um, yeah, so let me know what you think of that one. But aliens don't exist. E.T. doesn't exist. Yoda doesn't exist. Um... Okay, it's quite funny how you think there can't be life out there in the universe besides Earth. Well, I find it funny that people do believe it, that there is life elsewhere in the universe. Uh, but if you actually study the Bible and read the Bible and, and search the scriptures, you see that the Word of God actually speaks against the idea of life elsewhere. There isn't. And I, can, I have a very sound argument on that, uh, proving, proving from the Bible that there is not life elsewhere in the universe. All because some, some evolutionary... Uh, the Bible disbelieving individuals who believe they spontaneously evolved from a pool of dinos not a billion years ago says that there is doesn't mean that there is. Uh, yeah, and the only other life out, else out there, exactly as Olga points out, is actually that which is of the spiritual plane. So we have the spiritual plane and the physical plane. Uh, spiritual plane, there's all kinds. There's there's God and heaven and angels and there's hell and devils and. And all of that. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but here on the physical plane, we're the life on the physical plane. They're the life on the spiritual plane. And we go over to the spiritual plane when we die. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, let's go down through. Um... Okay, Rosalie says, I, I read that Bill Gates, uh, talk about a demonic man, Bill Gates is working on developing a tattoo thing which will contain all of your personal data. Kind of like a QR code. But that, that's all it is, is they're trying to figure out how to do technically uh, a way like a QR code that you can scan with your phone, a QR code, to do that so you have it on here uh, on your body somewhere so all people have to scan and they can get info that they need. Um, from a technological, technocrat kind of standpoint, that would make sense. And that's quite ingenious, quite smart. Uh, is that that's not the mark of the beast? Again, the mark of the beast is this specific sigil. It's a it's a religious thing uh, that you can't buy or sell unless you are in line and swore allegiance to the Antichrist, and you have to have his mark to prove this. Uh, it's the sigil of Lucifer, of either his name or the number of his name. It's not a QR code of your own personal information. Um, and, but would I personally get it? No, I, I wouldn't get that kind of stuff. I wouldn't do that. Uh, but is it technically sin? Is it is it anti-God? No, it, but it again, it's not the mark of the beast. But yeah, Bill Gates is very evil. Very, very evil. Um, yeah. Uh, okay.
you know what cyberpunk is yes i do it's actually quite cool cyberpunk uh stuff is really cool uh to, to see what would our tech look like today if we didn't in, uh, if we didn't uh discover electricity or well, the whole steam power kind of thing kind of idea and we didn't have the computer tech how it would all be steam based and mechanical design it's actually quite cool cyberpunk stuff um how was the world before the flood uh, the bible actually talks about what the world was like before the flood and uh and the lives of people were, were much longer people lived a lot longer adam was over 900 years old when he died people lived for uh, a few hundred years easily um life was different uh the uh kent hovind actually has a very great series on this and also there's a book called uh in the beginning by walter brown a very powerful uh book uh, he's a born again christian he's a great scientist he's uh, looked into this stuff and he shows you uh how these things were and how it was kind of under a greenhouse effect uh, and uh, comp uh, the compression of, of a higher oxygen content so when you have a greenhouse effect with a higher oxygen count things get bigger more lush more powerful and uh life is longer healthier and all this and then the flood came in and uh, destroyed it all started over and we see the lives lifespans shortening right down um so yeah, it was very much like a greenhouse effect worldwide. Worldwide greenhouse effect, very high oxygen content. And uh, they actually proved this by many studies and digs and uh, tests and stuff. They've actually able to prove this. Uh, it's quite interesting. Um, okay. Uh, oh, well, well, just because the Bible doesn't mention aliens doesn't mean there can't be any. Okay, well, even if there is, we then, okay, look, I, this is what I postulated in my study. I postulated this. Okay, even, let's just look at it hypothetically. Even if there was, that doesn't disprove God, for one. Uh, if there was, you then would have to look at it from a biblical standpoint. What kind of state would they be in? Would they be sinless or sinful? When the Bible specifically says and teaches about how sin is upon earth, sin is upon earth and uh, but it's under our heavens it's on our earth that uh, all under the uh, under heaven must be saved and it says nothing about anywhere else so so then from biblical standpoint aliens then would technically not be in sin they would be in a garden of eden adam and eve state before the fall they would be sinless um, that doesn't make sense, but is it possible? Well, the the Bible also says that God stopped creating things when he when he finished making the earth. The Bible flat out says that God made the earth and then stopped creating. The Bible that uh, does not give any license. It doesn't give any proof, any argument for aliens. In fact, it speaks against it in many ways. If you want to believe in aliens, that's entirely your point. But you have to look at it from a biblical point that they are not like us. And how it would work in the gospel sense. How does the gospel work with them? So, yeah. No, not the whole universe. It says the earth fell. Says the earth, because because there is no other life. If there was other life, it would be included in the scriptures, but also because it's not. So it's proof by omission. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, Rosalie, your question: Did Jesus have a perfect body? I actually did answer that a, a while ago. Um, I noticed you you asking that again. Um, I, I did answer that. 
uh, previously. I don't know, maybe you stepped out of the, the study or not when I covered it, but I did I did cover your, your question regarding Jesus' resurrection body and the wounds. Okay. Okay, that's steampunk. Okay, well, cyberpunk. Okay, I, I mess up. I don't really pay much attention to the different communities like that kind of thing. But it's steampunk. You're right. It's the mechanical one. Yeah, that's steampunk. Cyberpunk. Uh, yeah, everything's futuristic. You're right. You're right. Everything's futuristic. Okay. Uh, and yes, and furthermore, uh, yes, actually, Viking aliens uh, that the people see because every single uh, uh, run-in a situation of alien involvement where people bring up the name jesus aliens disappear every time every single time that happens and there are a lot of reports of people who've had run-in where they rebuke in the name of jesus and they just disappear why would aliens care about jesus um oh yeah there's tons of stuff out there uh, uh, disproving the, the whole aliens thing um yeah, uh, that uh, they do appear in this form. You look at Aleister Crowley, the most satanic man. Uh, he uh, he was contacted by an alien, and uh, that proved itself to be a demon. And you, he did a drawing of his familiar spirit, and it looks exactly identical to an alien gray. That um, uh, every people who've had demonic involvement were. I have. I used to be in the world of witchcraft and occult. I conjured spirits all the time in my witchcraft rituals, and they would appear before me, and they looked like aliens. And they they had the, many a time the same kind of appearance. The people talk about the alien greys, all that kind of thing, identical. And tons of other ex-occultists and witches and stuff that get born again saved who've had run-ins with that say the exact same thing. So... You might want to be careful with dismiss, dismissing that and laughing at that because you don't accept it when I have an army of people behind me backing me up in, in what I'm saying. So, yeah. Um, let's go down through the Bema Seat. Melissa has a question. Can you talk about the Bema Seat? That is just another name that's given to the great white throne judgment. The throne of God is called the Bema seat. That, that is the, the seat of righteousness, the seat of judgment, the seat of God, where he will rule and, and uh, bestow out his authority. That's just what the Bema seat is. Uh, it's literally just the throne of God, the throne of judgment and righteousness. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, person says let's say i'm an unbeliever and i kill another unbeliever the person i killed ends up in hell without being saved right but if i repent of my murder how is this fair i uh, asked saul of tarsus who became the apostle paul saul of tarsus uh he butchered the church and and uh, fought against christ fought against christians he would he would chain them up and drag them off to be uh, charged and killed and he put his authority to it and fought the church and then on the road to damascus yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the church jesus met him on the road to damascus showed him the truth and saul of tarsus repented of his sins and got saved and the lord taught him and and instructed him and he became known as the apostle paul and he went around the world preaching the gospel of jesus christ the reason why that happens is because God is merciful. God is not like the gods of the other religions, a vindictive, malicious monster, but God is actually gracious and merciful, not willing that any should perish, but all should, all should come to repentance. And Jesus, God, manifest in the flesh, said all sin will be forgiven. And it doesn't matter what you've done. 
doesn't matter what you've done, the Lord will forgive you and save you if you would turn to him, repent of your sins and believe the gospel. He will save you. That is the mercy of God. That sin is not greater than the blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you would sincerely come to the Lord, acknowledge that you're a sinner, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, your Lord God and Savior, that he paid the price for your sin on the cross, shed his blood and died. The wage of sin is death. And without shedding blood is no remission of sin. He paid the price. He was buried and on the third day rose again to life, as he said he would, proving his power for life and death. If you believe on him and his work for you, you can be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It's that simple. Because God is merciful, he is gracious, not willing that any should perish, but he makes a way for anyone and everyone. It doesn't matter what you've done because of the grace of God, because God is merciful. Okay. Okay, uh, Viking, the reason why I said the universe is because the second law of thermodynamics which shows everything is decaying. Decaying, falling apart, as it shows time, uh, everything is spreading apart. The Bible even talks about uh, the uh, about the uh, motion of the universe. Everything is spreading apart, uh, the, the constant movement of the universe. And the Bible talks about how God created all things and then spread out the heavens. And the Hebrew word is like paint on a canvas. He spread it out. Everything's still spreading and going. And the things that we can observe as falling apart, if things do burn up, uh, as gases do burn up, that doesn't show sin. Um, stars die out, that doesn't show sin, that just shows the gases are burning up from when God created it. Gas, uh, gas and, and thermodynamics, that's, it proves that, it doesn't prove sin. Uh, but, it, but again, we have to bring everything back to the Bible, what it says. About that, that sin is under the heavens is what the Bible teaches. I have the study. I can't remember the reference off the top of my head, but I have the study where I present that and show you tons of arguments disproving the aliens thing. If you're interested in that, please go check it out. It's in the playlist according to the Bible. It's it's titled Science Fiction versus Scripture. Okay. Um, okay. Melissa says, is it true only Christians will face the Bema Seat? That's where all will face the sins we didn't turn away from. Um, okay. Um, again, this is the, the judgment seat of Christ, the, the seat of God. This It's what this is. And it talks about in the end of times when everything is done, it's all done. And, and God brings up everything. John chapter 5, that we see the, the resurrection of, of uh of the righteous and the resurrection of sinners as everyone is brought up before the Lord. Hell is brought up. Everything is brought All angels, demons, men and women, everyone and everything is brought up before the Lord. And this stands before the Lord. Everything bows the knee and calls him Lord. And this is where the Lord destroys the earth and, and all of that. And, and all stand before him. All will stand before him. Those whose names are not found written in the Lamb's book of life will then be judged for their sins. All those in hell will be judged for their sins. And then they'll be cast into the lake of fire. Because they rejected the Lord. They rejected Jesus Christ. They rejected salvation. They're condemned in their sins. And they're cast. And, and the devil, the antichrist, and death, and all of that will be cast in the lake of fire. Then we, the saints, stand before the Lord. We will not be judged for our sins. Born again Christians will not be judged for their sins. Our sins were dealt with by Jesus Christ at the cross. There is no judgment for sin. We will have to give an account of the things that we have done 
for the Lord. Like the, the one parable that Jesus told about the, about the master who left his business to his servants and he left and they carried out the business. Some were good, some were bad and how they carried out the business. And he comes and they give an account of how they carried out his business. We give an account of how we carried out the Lord's business of the ministry of the gospel, how we serve the Lord, how we proclaim Christ and how, and how we uh, were disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what we have to give an account. There's no judgment for sin. We will not be judged. There is no judgment for sin upon the saints. Um, all sin was already dealt with by, by Christ. Um, but yeah, about all, all will stand before the throne of God. Uh, um, a Viking says, I also wonder if heaven will have a cyberpunk city. <laughs> Are there different things that go on in heaven? Well, first off, heaven is temporary. That's one thing you must understand that that when all is done, like we just talked about the great judgment, now the great judgment, and that on that day, and everything is dealt with before the throne of God, God creates a new heaven, a new earth, and heaven comes down upon the earth, where God then reigns upon the earth, and there's no need of the sun for He is the He is the light, He's the sun, and then we are brought down upon the, a new earth, and it will be done like as it was before the fall of sin in the beginning of Genesis. Uh, perfect, everything perfect. All the creatures and plants and everything will be like the Garden of Eden before the fall of sin. We will be up on the earth there, and that's where we'll be forever. Heaven is not not forever. It's it's a temporary place to be with the Lord until He makes the new earth and He comes down on the earth. That's what Revelations actually says. Uh, but things that will happen, we don't know. It says the half has not yet been told. Um, there's going to be a, a lot of interesting things. Uh, that's for technology. I, I have no idea what to say about that one. I doubt there'll be technology. There won't be really need for it. Um, and again, but technology itself isn't bad. There's nothing wrong, inherently wrong with technology. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't really say anything about that, that kind of thing in, in, those, in those days. Um, okay, Melissa says, coming from someone who saw a UFO, I have multiple times. Uh, you know, I'm believing in aliens. I used to believe in aliens, but I don't anymore. Uh, I'm believing in aliens most of my life. I can now see that there is clear deception behind it. Oh, yes, there is. Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah, I saw all kinds of weird things. Um, people think I'm absolutely stark raving mad if I talked about it, but I know what it is. I know it's deception. I know it's demonic. I know it's demonic delusions. Um that is that devils can literally appear in different forms. They can they can appear in physical forms. They can make things appear and disappear. Absolutely, they can. The demonic can absolutely 100% make material objects seem to appear. They can do that. Black magic and, and all that kind of stuff is absolutely real. The demonic powers are immense. They can do all kinds of things. They can appear in different forms, different ways. And, oh yeah, they can do that. Now, why would they do that? They would do that deliberately to deceive you so that you will doubt this. Because if aliens are true, evolution's true. And if aliens are real, this is a lie. You call this into question. If, if aliens are real and evolution is real, then this is called into question. The whole point of everything is to make people doubt this. The devils will say and do absolutely anything and everything to get you to doubt this 100 percent. okay um 
but yeah, I've seen many different UFOs and many different creatures and things. I've seen all of that, but I know what it is by the word of God. Uh, the Viking says, I remember uh, Paul says, yeah, in scripture says he, he met a man in heaven above, whether in the body or the body, I cannot tell. That's referring to how real it was. It was this, this tangible. That's what that means. And he saw and heard all kinds of things not lawful for a man to utter. That's because it's not meant for us to know now. That's for then. The half has not yet been told. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really sparks the imagination. Yeah. And Melissa says, okay, this brings me back to what I've, what I've believed. Now, how do we address those that say homosexuals will, won't go to hell if they are believers? Homosexuality is not something you are born as. It's something you learn. Now, you could say, oh, that's not right. The Bible says it's a sin and, God, and an abomination. God doesn't create abominations. God doesn't create sin. Nobody is born gay. It's something you learn. It's something you become. And uh, so it's something you repent of. Um, that's what the Bible says. You can you can say all kinds. I'm not saying you, but people who might watch this later and call it all kinds of foul things or whatever. That's that's what the Bible says. It's my religious right. I do not hate homosexuals. Absolutely, I do not. I do not hate homosexuals. I don't I, I don't hate them. I don't speak evil of the persons. I all because I disagree with something doesn't mean I hate the people involved with it. Okay. Um, it's the same as thieves and blasphemers and liars and, and, and all kinds of other sins. These people must repent of their sins and believe the gospel. Um, that's what the Bible teaches. So yeah, uh, how do we address that? Uh, that homosexuals will or won't go to hell. No, homosexuality, the act of, is sin. And a person who does not repent of their sins and believe in the gospel will go to hell. But if they repent of their sins and believe the gospel, they will go to heaven. Um, but again, homosexuality is not something you are born as. Okay. Um, okay. Okay, my, uh, Olga says, my dad believes Jesus was an alien. That's actually a very common thing in the uh, occult New Age world. Uh, there's a lot of people who say that, um, again, these are people who, who they looked at a Bible once in their life and heard the name Jesus and may have heard the odd thing that Jesus did. And now they kind of piece it all together with some mishmash, uh, puzzle pieces and they create their new thing. Romans 1, uh, 18 to 25, they form a God of their own delusion. And, uh, but these people, they've never read, they say, oh, we've read the Bible. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. So, yeah, um, they don't even know anything about the biblical Jesus. So that's why we need to go to them with the word of God and show them from the word of God what the word of God actually says. But yeah, that's actually a very common thing. He also hates that I'm a Christian. Again, like I said at the beginning of this broadcast, don't take it personal. Uh, they will hate you because of me, Jesus says. He doesn't hate you. He's not angry at you. He's angry at God. Because God uh, convicts his sin and God contradicts his personal ideologies, so he gets angry at God. He's not angry at you. He's he's angry at you. You're you're it's proxy. He's angry at God through you by proxy through you. That's what it is. So don't take it personal. 
Um, I always wanted to see dinosaurs alive. Now, there's something I wanted to bring up. Okay. Uh, a few days ago, I was contacted by an individual. And uh, they um, were asking me about dinosaurs. This guy did not believe that dinosaurs ever actually existed. Uh, which is actually kind of sad because it's actually that's a very common thing in certain denominational circles. Uh, people saying that dinosaurs never existed and that Satan created the bones in the ground to deceive people. No. No, that never happened. Um, but um, that dinosaurs never existed because dinosaurs proves evolution. No, it doesn't. Dinosaurs don't prove evolution. Evolution proves evolution. Dinosaurs don't prove evolution. Well, there, there, there are millions that the idea of millions of years ago is nonsense, not dinosaurs. The word dinosaur was coined in the 1500s, and before that, they were known as dragons. So when we actually study the uh, origin of names and titles and things, it's very interesting the kind of stuff that comes up. That uh, dinosaur was coined in the 1500s. Before that, they were known as dragons, terrible lizards. And that yes, they absolutely did exist. And there, there are to this day pterodactyls in Arizona. Uh, there's the Mokele Membe, like a brachiosaur in the Congo Swamp right now. Uh, in the 1500s, there was a triceratops in France. There's uh, records uh, talking about this giant, huge creature, larger than a bull, with a frill behind its head and three horns on its face, and it terrorized the farms in this one area in France, and they had to bring in knights to kill it because it was destroying the farms. It's a triceratops. And uh, all kinds of other creatures around the world. Uh, absolutely, dinosaurs are still alive. Some of them are. It's just being suppressed by the evolutionists because it completely discredits their arguments. But they actually, absolutely, go check out the website Oop Arts. Oop Arts. Uh, it's a great website. There's uh, Answers in Genesis. Um, tons of other organizations that talk about this improve all this kind of stuff that there were all kinds of dinosaurs al along with man dinosaurs are not before man there was no prehistoric point because all history has been recorded the history started when god started creation and it's written what exactly happened all since then di there were dinosaurs on the ark there were dinosaurs after the flood and they died off or were killed off for many different reasons because they were t uh, terrorizing farms and dangers or whatever like people killed off all kinds of animals Animals and, and animal types and creatures and things. Uh, this is what happens. They're hunted to extinction or they're killed off because of threat or whatever else or tons of other explanations. Um, but evolution's not true. They did not exist before man. They were along with man. They even found dinosaur footprints embedded in what used to be clay, a dinosaur footprint with a human footprint inside the, the dinosaur footprint and then it was fossilized into limestone and it, you can go see it all kinds of proof um yeah so dinosaurs absolutely are real uh they're animals and creatures that god made like everything else like seriously the crocodile and the alligator are dinosaurs did you never think of that the crocodile and and the alligator are dinosaurs take a look at the nile crocodile that's a dinosaur. Um, that's just what they are. That, that's all the dinosaurs were. They were just giant animals of different kinds. Like how the dodo bird was uh, went extinct. The dinosaurs went extinct. 
it's not some huge evolutionary secret or anything yeah and they will be alive again in the new world that'd be really cool my wife is really excited about that she's like i want to ride a t-rex that'd be really cool so yeah okay why did god wipe them out god didn't wipe them out um that, that many died off because of different reasons of uh, the change of, of weather and environment the change of food because food be, uh, was not as plentiful as before the flood and uh and they, they, some were killed off because of threat or food or hunting you hear about the about the the stories of the knight that slayed the dragon well dinosaurs were known as dragons so again, you see, even to today, bragging rights. Look what I look what I killed. Look what I defeated. People did that all down through history. So yeah. Um, yeah. Though, however, there is one that God did kill and wipe out. There is one. The Bible talks about it. Leviathan. Leviathan, according to the word of God, was a very real creature. It wasn't a whirlpool, it wasn't a whale, it wasn't a hippopotamus, or some other stupid thing that a lot of other people teach or believe. The Bible talks about Leviathan and what it looked like. It was this giant, huge, terrible, monster-like creature with scales, with, with uh, bright eyes and horns and teeth and fangs and claws. It was a very dangerous thing that breathed fire by its measings. They actually had to create a word for the English language to describe forcefully blowing air out your nose. It's called kneesings. Not sneezings, but kneesings. By its kneesings, a light doth shine. Meaning, when you go look to look in the Hebrew, of a breathing of fire. That it breathed fire, a fire-breathing dragon actually existed. And that there are dragons uh, lore and stories all around the whole world in every single culture. Because it actually did exist. The Bible even says it existed. It was a creature, an animal God made. But it was so terrible, so ferocious, it talks about in slums somewhere. But that God had to crush the head of this thing and d divided its meat up to the people. God killed it because it was so dangerous and such a threat. God killed it and divided its meat up to the people. That's what the Bible says. The reason why dragon, 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 as we know a fire-breathing dragon doesn't exist because God killed it because it was too dangerous. People begged of the Lord, and the Lord spared them and delivered them from this. Again, as a physical picture, as this creature was a representation of like Satan, and how uh, under the foot of Jesus, uh, the head of the uh, Leviathan will be bruised, is a physical picture, just like how Abraham, Isaac, and the ram that actually took place is an actual physical picture of Jesus, a uh, foreshadowing of Jesus. Then Leviathan uh, and the crushing of Leviathan was an actual physical representation of what would happen at the cross. So yeah. Leviathan is a very real fire-breathing dragon, the Bible says so. It's really cool. Behemoth, as they figure, as a giant, huge, peaceful, peaceful, because it was a representation of the peace of God, of the power of God. It had bones like iron, so hard. And it was massive, with a long body and huge tail like a cedar. And it would drink up rivers. And this giant, huge, peaceful, plant-eating, cedar-tailed, huge, massive creature. What was that? That's that's the bron brontosaurus kind of thing. 
That's what that is. That the Bible literally talks about the fire-breathing dragon and the brontosaurus. Yeah. And that's really cool. Uh, so that's what the Bible says. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, New York says, many journals from the past talk about dinosaurs the way we talk about everyday animals. Yeah, like it's no big deal. Exactly, because they're real. And it's only that the more recent evolutionary uh, atheistic models in society is trying to suppress that because they say that dinosaurs existed before men and they try to use this as a proof to, to discredit God. That uh, just goes to show that atheists and evolutionists are anti-science. They don't know how to science. <laughs> so, yeah. Um... Uh, I'm sorry, Viking. I don't know how to pronounce that Soros word. Argent... I don't Read his comment. You see what I'm talking about. The Argentinosaurus. Okay, I don't know. The largest sauropod. Uh, <laughs> uh, why doesn't all of that come up publicly? Because, okay, could you imagine what would happen if all of this kind of evidence and proof came out you know, do you realize what would happen to the to all of public education, high school education, universities, and evolutionary uh, uh, councils and stuff? And Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, Lawrence Krauss, Sam Harris, Bill Nye, all of those guys, and all of the whole society, all that stuff, all of the society of God, hate, and atheism. Do you realize what that would do? It would utterly destroy everything. It would destroy socialism because socialism is based on atheism and anti-God. It, it would it so that you they're deliberately using this these lies um that they're that they're publishing as as a way to suppress the idea of god and they are skewing science and history deliberately yeah so yeah this is why we need more christians to educate themselves in proper science and proper history and proper archaeology with the bible we need more educated christians so yeah Okay. New York says, in an account of one of Alexander the Great's books, he, oh yeah, I read that one. I, yeah, he, he ran into a dragon that hissed at him and all that stuff. Or was that, was that Alexander? I think it was Alexander. Yeah, exactly. And it's about a dinosaur, the actual dragon dinosaur thing. Yeah. There's tons of, tons of, tons of evidence. It's insane. Uh, and we would have, we would have stopped everything. Yeah. Uh, but this is where, uh, uh, the Bible talks about, about the level of ignorance which will come down as my people perish for lack of knowledge, about the, the danger of uneducating yourself in proper stuff and how damaging it is. And uh, and this is how this is how evil succeeds when, when when people stop educating themselves politically, historically, scientifically, medically, uh, people fight themselves. They're a danger to their own selves by their ignorance. Yeah. Okay, so um, we pretty much covered everything. We've been going for a while, two hours, 30 minutes. Um, again, just to kind of go over a couple quick announcements um, uh, as we're, we're going to be wrapping this up here. We've been going long enough. Uh, firstly, again, I just want to mention that you know uh, that we have our Christian Coffee Time silicone wristbands, and you can get them on our Etsy shop through our website here our merch shop on, on Etsy, we have them. We also have just uh, just uh, got in uh, in stores a special limited edition Christian Coffee Time wristbands. 
uh, if you're interested, uh, summer colors, a whole new design. Really cool. If you like this kind of thing, I like it. It's really cool. It's just a little thing just to give back and a way that you could also help this ministry. Um, I wasn't really going to bring up, wasn't really going to mention it. Um, we recently had a huge blow to the Christian Coffee Time support. Now, please understand, I am not asking for money. Right? I don't have the PayPal link up or any of that kind of stuff. I don't do that. I'm just letting you know, as you are all partakers of the ministry, you all pray for and support it. We had a massive blow to the Christian Coffee Time Ministry. Uh, uh, a portion, uh, a large portion of our financial support has been discontinued uh, from one angle, a, a large portion. So we just ask for you to pray, to pray for our ministry, that the, that the Lord will continue to provide and that these uh, financial shortenings could be shored up in some way to so that this can continue and keep going on the lord always provides he always does um and uh, so if i just want to let you know to be praying for us uh, for this ministry to keep going to stand strong uh, but if you are interested in helping to support this there are ways uh, uh by donation or through the merch shop that's clearly up to you but we're not going to beg or do a begathon or any of that kind of stuff we don't do that uh, again we leave it up to the people and but we just put it out there we just put it out there so you're aware of what's going on uh, we don't hide anything we have no ulterior motives we are here at, uh this is all volunteer work uh to preach the word the lord is the one that provides we look to the lord we don't look to man the lord provides so if you could be praying about this that the lord will work things out uh, so you're aware of what's going on but anyways yeah we have we have these uh, new designs uh, we're gonna they're gonna be up on our etsy account sometime shortly uh we just need to get some pictures and actually make the the ad for it on our etsy shop but it, it will be up sometime shortly and we got tons of other stuff of bookmarks and posters and notebooks and all kinds of stuff there of uh, some good uh christian merch out there sometimes hard to get some good christian merch we provide some of that stuff there on our etsy shop and redbubble redbubble has changed redbubble has actually they're they're their own company they are in charge of the pricing not us just so you're aware we're really angry about it because when we started with redbubble as an opportunity to have shirts and sweaters and bags all kinds of other real cool stuff with the christian coffee time designs and logos and stuff it was all great when we first started then redbubble has jacked their prices on everything so like a shirt is really expensive now that's not our doing we didn't do that redbubble is in charge of the pricing we are only in charge of the of the art and the design so just want to let you know but you could still get stuff from there if you want that's completely up to you uh but i just would ask that you pray and uphold christian coffee time in your prayers and uh, that uh, everything would be provided for uh because it does cost to keep this going but the lord does provide i'm not worried about it i am not worried about it the lord looks after it the lord cares for it um i'm not worried about it so go read about george mueller george mueller of bristol how the lord looked after him he can cut he can bring water from the rock so i'm not even worried so there you go um okay going down through some last final things before we uh, uh finish up here okay viking says what's stopping all this evidence from coming out we're talking about uh, the creationism and all that kind of stuff, dinosaurs what's stopping all that uh ignorance Christian ignorance and the deliberate 
willful ignorance of the unbelievers, those who hate God. They are deliberately suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. Go read Romans 1, 18 and 25. They are deliberately suppressing the truth in unrighteousness because they hate God and they want to create their own origin. They want to create their own their, their own God of their own imagination. That's what it is. It's literally Romans 1, 18 and 25. That's what it is. Um, okay, let's go down through. Uh NV says, if a person lives in wickedness and they aren't remorseful about it at all and continue in it, does that mean they were never saved to begin with? Okay. Um, okay that's just, uh, I'm, that's going to be the last question for the day and then we're going to wrap this up, okay? Uh, so, last question. So, the thing is, from our observation, when we're looking at that, we, we look at an individual that's living in sin, and we look at the outward appearance, and we judge by what they're doing. First off, we don't know what's going on inside. We don't know if they have an internal turmoil, and that they're struggling with these things. We don't know that they don't know their the reasons why they are doing what they're doing. Now, we can get better insight if, say, the individual is cursing God and is blasphemous. Well, then, of course, you could tell that they're not saved. The Bible says, First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, that those that are sealed by the Spirit of God won't be cursing Christ. Um, they, can't, they are unable to curse Christ. They won't want to curse Christ. Uh, so if a person is blaspheming Jesus Christ, they're not saved. Uh, but uh, God knows the heart in that, that we don't know of the, if there is an internal turmoil. Like the prodigal son you see the thing about the prodigal son story we were told how long the kid was away from the father in sin we were told how long but when did the prodigal son cease to be son of his father rather what we're supposed to do is judge righteously which is to judge the heart so we would question the individual, see where they are on, on, on God, on Jesus, the gospel. And do they have, show any form of conviction, conviction of sin, conviction of righteousness? We don't judge by what they're doing. Well, look what they're doing. They can't be saved. That's what Pharisees do. Jesus says to not judge after the appearance, but to judge righteous judgment. That's judgment of the heart, righteously, by the word of God, off doctrine. Can a Christian sin? Yeah. Can Christians do stupid things? Yes. Can a Christian be in sin for a while? Yes. So rather, what are we supposed to look for? Conviction of truth, conviction of doctrine, conviction of Christ, and see any of this. And then, wait. Wisdom is justified of her children. It will show over time. Eventually, it will reveal itself of where, where they are, what they are, what's going on. But not to jump the gun, not to jump to assumptions to see to say that that person not saved because of what they're doing. Christians can live in sin. They do. Show me a Christian that doesn't. I'll show you a liar. Every Christian sins. All sin is willful sin. All sin is willful sin. So with that, grace. Show grace. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're wrapping it up. That'll have to be the last one. Um, yeah, Andy Walsh was very evil. Yeah. So, uh, so again, please rewatch re this broadcast. Uh, give this a like, a thumbs up. Uh, if you appreciate these studies, you appreciate these debates and these discussions, this kind of stuff. 
and as well share this around let the get the word out there and educate yourself folks educate yourself educate yourself on the truth of the scriptures memorize bible search the scriptures and hold all things accountable to the word of god be critical of everything technical about everything bring everything back to the word of god call uh, call everything into question that you've ever thought or believed and hold it by the word of god what the scriptures say what the scriptures teach so and we've got tons and tons of videos and other stuff on our playlists over here on our channel on our youtube channel um got tons of playlists on different topics check out the playlist according to the bible and we have another playlist on uh, proving the Bible true, which has got a lot of good stuff in there. We we're talking about creationism and evolution, that kind of stuff. A lot of good stuff in there, as well as we have a whole playlist series on Kent Hovind. Kent Hovind, cre uh, the creationism seminar that he holds, fantastic. So please go check out Kent Hovind's seminar. We have the playlist here on our channel. Uh, it's great guy. Tons of awesome stuff in there. Um, I would highly recommend you check it out. As well as the book, if you're interested in creationism and all that, check out the book, In the Beginning, by Walter Brown. In the Beginning, by Walter Brown. It, fantastic, amazing stuff that he brings out regarding creationism and, and the creation account and, and uh, life before the flood and how the flood happened biblically and scientifically and how, how the Lord worked it out, how, what actually happens with the Bible explains and then what actually it caused. It, fantastic book, great work. So highly check it out. Um, In the Beginning by Walter Brown. Tons of stuff out there. Educate yourself. Get the word out. Stand for the Lord. Keep the faith. And with that, Hope to see you again, folks. God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless. <laughs>